Hello, everyone. Welcome to Frame Trap. I am your host, Ben Moore. Very excited because this is the full, first full episode of Frame Trap uh, back in the studio. Yep. And of course, to, 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 to christen it, we needed the boys. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael Huber. I really want to bang on the desk. Is that is that to yeah. stop it? Yeah. Okay, just that energy. Mm-hmm. I like it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Bradley Ellis. Hey. <laughs> um. So, boys, uh, last week we had E3, and I just want to know, like, are you feeling full? Are you feeling excited? Are you feeling energized? Like, what has kind of your your post-E3 process been like? Feeling good. Feeling good. Not the best E3 ever, obviously, but yeah. really solid overall, I thought, mm. especially considering the last year of humanity's existence. Um I thought it was better than it had any business to be, honestly. I thought, mm. I thought, uh, you know, there were some high highs and some low lows, of course. Yeah. Um, but I thought there was a good mix, Ben, of games coming out in the immediate and games coming out in the far off future. Yeah. So I thought it was a wide range of big, small, soon, far, something for everyone. Yeah. I think that was well said. You know, thinking about it, I don't think you can, it's not, it doesn't feel like E3 if there's not like, some sort of train wreck, you know what I mean? And I don't say that disparagingly. Like it's it's, it's kind of nice, you mm-hmm. know. Like you got to have your gearboxes conferences. Yes. Just just so you can just laugh at something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's nice. Um, Brett, how are you feeling? Uh, feel pretty good about E3. Got definitely some stuff. I feel like I have a few like empty holes that I would love plugged. What 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 hole can I plug for you? I mean, we're missing Sony and we had no EA this E3 Oh, also. sure, 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 yeah. Sony has definitely definitely felt their absence. Yeah, I mean, sure. like it's they've been gone for a little bit. So, yeah. something new, but you know, yeah. got some good stuff. Obviously, got to see Elden Ring, which is fantastic. Yeah. Highlight, I got to see sure. Breath of the Wild 2 just a little bit. Could have used more, but right, gave me a little taste of something new. Definitely. And like Metroid, I think was a feel good win. Mm-hmm. Like we've just been wanting new Metroid forever. And like I think Microsoft has some really cool games. Yeah. Granted, a lot of them are kind of far away. It seems like, but mm-hmm. things like Sea of Thieves seem really fun. Just so. Keep thinking about Stalker Two, man. Keep yeah. thinking about Stalker Redfall, Two. Dude. I want to see that game so bad. I would also very much like to see. <sighs> yeah, Redfall, I'd like to yeah. see more of that game. Um, and it's a great question because I was thinking about E3 in general mm-hmm. and like what makes a good E3, and it's like those pop off. Surprise announcements. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's it's just over the years, you know, you really realize how rare that is. Yep. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like it's impossible to have one of those moments for a new IP. Mm-hmm. We don't know what it is. What right. is this new game we're seeing? Okay, mm-hmm. cool. Like it has to be a secret. It has to be a sequel or, you know, yeah. of an existing franchise. So it's just like those moments are so rare, and there, but there's always like the expectation that E3 is a failure if we don't have those <laughs> yeah. somehow. But it's like those those don't grow on trees, you know? Yeah, definitely. And <laughs> I, I I think people complain about this, and I think this complaint comes from an understandable point. But it's fun, like if you're if you're so invested in video games that you're watching game announcement for days on end, like yeah. you're in the you're in the deep end of video games, right? Yep. And it's like it's nice to have something, no matter what happens that you just put all your hopes and dreams in. Yeah. You know, it's not even, in, in a way, it's not even really about if they come true. Yes, it's dude. about the possibility that they mm, could come yeah. true. The hope. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Gotta uh, give them it, hope. It just, it's just like that universal moment. It's like, okay, we, this is, we've decided this June yeah. that we're, we're doing this. And it, of course, you know, it goes without saying, but boy, it's just been so nice 
reacting to this stuff with you guys. Yeah. It just has a totally different. It was so fun. One like thing I liked about the C three is the amount of demos that had been coming out. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. uh, obviously we played Stranger of Paradise and like what a wild ride that game's been. Yeah, from yeah. like. This doesn't look very good to, hey, I'm down. Yeah. Well, it, it was like, it, it started like here where it's like, oh, this didn't look very good, but there's a demo coming out. Oh, the demo doesn't work for a yeah. day. <laughs> oh, no. Like, and then, like, the more I played it, I was like, oh, no, I really there's like this. Yeah, yeah. There's something here. Yeah, there's something here. Yeah, obviously I have complaints, but, uh, yeah, very curious about that game. 2022. Um, Polish it up. What? There was something I was going to say about E3. What was it? Yeah. Uh, <gasps> Ah. Advance Wars. Advance Wars. Yeah, Advance Wars. Advance Wars. Advance Wars sixty dollars. Charge him too much money for it, but <laughs> it's coming back, baby. Yeah, um, uh, is that a Nintendo first party or? It's way forward. Okay, so yeah. but I'm a, Nintendo owns the license for it though. Yes, Nintendo okay. owns. So I wonder if it'll be sixty dollars. I, be, I believe, then, like a lot it was of their originally games. Intelligent systems. Because you know yeah. they don't lower price of their games really or, like ever. Like, you yeah. know, all their games from, like, five years ago are still $60. I wonder mm-hmm. if it'll be one of those games. Hopefully it's not. The counterpoint is there's a lot of content in that. But Two yeah, games. 60 bucks. Ben, you brought up such a good point of just, like, trying to get the new fans on board. You yeah, know? it's... That angle, I think, is the is the reason 60 hurts so much. It's because, like, you want it... You want to spread the word on it. Right. Mm. I, I think that's... When people hear me complaining about the price, I think they're they're missing the point of what mm-hmm. I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying that Nintendo can't get away with charging $60. Yeah. They've been doing it for a long time. <laughs> I, I know that people will play it. I know Nintendo's in a good spot. That's not really the position that I'm arguing. It's just specifically in the case of something, a franchise like Advance Wars or like a yeah. Fatal Frame, mm. franchises that you know are not these mega blockbusters that don't really have the name recognition yeah. uh, that they even used to because they've been gone for so long. It's just I want a little bit extra, extra care with how you're presenting yeah. them, how you're bringing them back out. Totally. You know, I want to see these things thrive and succeed. Right. I want more events. I want events worse to get the success that Fire Emblem yeah. has. You, know, I I want... th- you gotta add waifus to do that though in Advance Wars. There are already some good waifus in Advance Wars. <laughs> Double down on it, though. Yeah, you mean like, you know, do the whole... The like, dating Yeah, sim, people yeah. have been saying that for, for a while. I'm, I'm curious what Dude, uh, direction some, they'll take. some bonds in Advance Wars? That's actually a good direction. Let's go. So you do, that for, Wars 3. do that for the anything. The thing is, it's like, <laughs> v- like, very likely. Like, I don't even <laughs> think it's like this pie in the sky <laughs> thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, I remember what I was going to say. Uh, kind of growing up or, or back in the day, I feel like E3 was... Always especially exciting because mm-hmm. the summer was always very dead for video games. There just was not much happening. This June might as well be November. You know what I mean? Like, there's <laughs> so much to yeah. play, so much to talk about. Of course, we're going to get into mm-hmm. it. Um, but I think that's kind of the thing that has been kind of a one-two punch. It's been exciting playing or uh, seeing these games get announced, mm-hmm. but then going home and being like, oh, I want to play this, I want to play this, I want to play this. Um, and so that's been awesome as well. And I, I feel like there are just, in general, fewer down periods in games. I, I, I always have something mm, to look forward to, yeah. always something to play. Every month. Yeah. So many games. Every month there's something. Because you get big and small a lot more now, it seems like. Yeah. It just seems like you have access to so many more games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Unlimited, I like to say. Like, how there many games good were games? Like, just shown at E3? It's just yeah. like an insane yeah. There's legitimately games. unlimited. Yeah. yeah. Like, if you... Spent your entire existence never leaving your room, only playing games. Like you wouldn't right. run out. And it's, I, I almost mm-hmm. feel like it's pretty much any genre. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like there's there's something for you. Yep, yep. 
You know, probably not absolutely true, but like even like turn-based strategy yeah. games had a good E3. Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> had a good E3. Yeah. Uh, Tactics coming back, dude. dude Metal, Metal Slug. Slug. Oh my god, it looks yeah. sick. Um, Sony was not at E3, uh, nope. but they they've been making some noise with Insomniac on uh, Ratchet and Clank. Uh, Rift Apart. Review copy provided by PlayStation. I've been playing some of it. Uh, mm-hmm. Brad, I think you've been playing. Did you finish it? I finished it, okay. it yesterday. I've not finished it yep. yet. Uh, and then Huber, of course, you reviewed it. Um, and we have not had a chance to talk about this on Framestrap yet. Nice. And it's it's so interesting. I don't know if this is the right way to lead off the conversation, but Huber, you and I were kind of talking about it before. Mm-hmm. Like, I love Rift Apart. Every love time I sit it. down and I play it, I have a great time. Yes. Mm-hmm. I can't get over how gorgeous it is, how smooth it runs. Just there's there's a flow to combat that's so wonderful. I think the characters are great. I think the worlds that you're going to are great. I have so many good things to say about it, but like I don't have this burning desire to play it in the way that I thought, despite me thinking it's excellent, because I'm like, this feels like Ratchet Clank, not even in a bad way, but it's just like, man, I feel like I've played this before. Yeah, totally. Um, and it's it's hard be- when you say that because it, it sounds so damning. Yeah, but it's not a damning thing. Like I'm, I I like it and I'm glad it exists. But it's not like lighting up my imagination is like the first time I experienced mm-hmm, one of totally. these games. You know, or I couldn't pull myself away. Yeah. Well, no, and then I fall into the trap, Ben, of like, I gave this game an 8.5, but then it feels like I can't praise it because I wasn't one of the highest scores out there. Mm-hmm. Do you ever feel like that? Like, you know, you didn't, you know, you were critical of it a little bit, so then, like, now that's your stance. I've been, like, yeah. put in the box of, like, 8.5, good, yeah. but, like... Great. Yeah. That's no, super it's, great. it's super hard. I, I think there's a large number of people out there that think I hate Death Stranding, and I could probably spend yeah. this entire podcast shitting on Death Stranding, but I like Death Stranding. <laughs> yes. yeah. I've, I, yes. I, I, I'm very, there's a lot of that I admire about it. So yeah, it's it's hard, but you know what? Like People are just going to run with whatever. Totally. So totally. just do what you want. Mm-hmm. Love Rift Apart. But yes, yeah. there's such a familiarity, and we've yeah. had this conversation, I feel like, for a, for a decade, Ben, yeah. of like, I'm someone who doesn't need reinvention i love no totally not yeah love refinement and rift apart is so refined Mm -hmm. i mean this is the formula just ironed out smoothed out and perfected but at the same time it felt maybe a little too familiar but i think the main problem i had and and we'll see if brad and, and you agree with this my main problem was that rivet and ratchet are basically the same. They feel the mm-hmm. same yeah. to, to move and control. I mean, the weapons that you the buy yeah. carry over. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. So like, it was the familiarity of the franchise and then them feeling the same. You know, I wanted like Rivet's side of the game maybe to be experimental, dramatically yeah. different. Like, let's give her new techniques and new, you know, new mobility options, all, yeah. all this new stuff. Like, I would have liked to have seen Insomnia kind of unleashed yeah. with her side of it. It's it's funny that you say that because, like, even right in the beginning of the game, it's like, oh, Ratchet and Clank get separated. It's yeah. like, yeah, that's definitely happened. But like, this yeah. isn't this mm-hmm. is like, oh yeah. my god, yeah. <laughs> you know, they, they've they've done that. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I definitely think there is uh, a sameness there that mm. that you're kind of on point. And I wasn't really thinking about that as Rivet because I, I like Rivet as Love a, her. I like Love her. her personality. I like quite a bit, but it makes me think of. Something Crash Bandicoot Four did that I really appreciated. So not only did you play, could you play as Crash, but 
Uh, in addition to Coco, you could also play as uh, these three other characters. Mm-hmm. And th- it was an entirely different game, you know yeah. what I mean? Maybe not an entirely different game. Maybe that's going too far. But I'm saying, like, mechanically what they could do is just so different and distinct that mm-hmm. how you interacted with the world uh, felt very different. And I think, yeah, I think Rift Apart could benefit yeah. from that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could have gone for that. Because mm-hmm. I like what they did with the weapon sharing the inventory. That kind of bugged me at first. Yeah. You know, the cross progression. But... I liked how streamlined it was. It made sense in the end. I was yeah. like, okay, it makes sense for the arsenal mm-hmm. to be mm-hmm. to be shared all around. Yeah, I, I think it's hard when you're as a player, you have to not only buy the weapons, but then you're investing so much in them. And it's mm-hmm. like, well, I scoured the map to upgrade this thing, and then to not be able to use it for large yeah, periods of yeah. time would be a little yeah. Weird. I think they didn't want to so alienate I, players yeah, like that. Yeah. So I liked that in the end. Um, you know, and I, what I will say is. Boy, like, just that loop is so good. And again, it's classic Ratchet, but um, every weapon I'm getting, I'm like, immediately this is useful. It feels powerful, but, you know, you can run out of ammo quickly. And Mm -hmm. so it's like, I love going into a fight and just kind of spending all of my weapons. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And everything feels useful. Yeah. Um, And they just have so much personality and they're so creative. Like, Like I was saying, there's just kind of a flow to combat where it's like, you're, you're sort of fighting, but you just sort of slip into it. Yeah. Like you're platforming, you're jumping, and all of a sudden there's enemies, and it's just like there's no downtime. It's just mm-hmm. a game that is constantly in motion mm-hmm. uh, in a really cool way. I can comfortably say it's my favorite Ratchet and Clank arsenal of all time. Oh, wow, nice. Easily. Nice. Mm-hmm. Favorite arsenal. Challenge mode, not going to spoil that too. They throw in a couple extra weapons for you on that. And I think just as a whole, rounded out all together, such a strong arsenal. Yeah. It is going to be hard to beat neg- the Negatron Collider for best weapon 2021. I've not Good used luck. the Negatron Collider you yet. So. Do. Don't tell him anything. Yeah, yeah, I will say nothing. It it's to good. the ball is in all these out. other games' courts. Okay. Yeah. That's good. It's the Negatron good. Collider. Um, Excuse me, speechless. <laughs> the thing, the thing about Ratchet that I think maybe is contributing to this. Huber is, uh, this is a post-Spider-Man Insomniac, Mm -hmm. and both Spider-Man and Miles Morales are games that, like, I totally adore because they feel so distinct, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, We talk about zipping all the time and how that feels, and it just, like, you know, everything was compared to Batman for forever, and (laughs) Spider-Man doesn't feel like it's just copying the Batman playbook mm-hmm. it's it's really doing its own thing and I think they just made they just did so much right by that universe that it's like I almost want them to just go like crazy with Ratchet and Clank yeah like you know just I, I believe I think Insomniac is so talented mm-hmm. that they could say this is what we're doing and I'd be like I'm on board yeah yeah I um, feel like they've gone crazy with Ratchet and Clank yeah. sometimes and it hasn't worked out when I think about all for one, all for and like one is, all for one is bad. Spin off, like there's spin off things, but I'm saying they're thinking that. outside the box with Ratchet Clank. Right. There's yeah. been a ton of fucking Ratchet games, so it's yeah. hard, especially earlier on because it felt like there's one every every year, every two years. It was right. just getting kind of repetitive. Mm-hmm. But I'm glad, like I liked the gap between 2016 and this one. It totally. felt really good to come back to it. Now totally. I didn't yeah. feel, yes, it felt familiar, but I, I, it had been so long, I guess. That I didn't feel the burnout where I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, here we fucking go again, kind of thing. Yeah, it, it, you're right. I do think acknowledging that that gap is really important, and I, I don't feel burnt out with it. Like I said, I'm I am really enjoying it. It's just it, it's like an odd sensation to try to 
fully articulate because like if I was reviewing it, mm-hmm. I would give it a high score mm-hmm. and my review would be mostly praise. Yeah. So it's 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 a hard thing to do. You're just looking for down. something maybe a little more from it. Something unexpected, I guess. Yeah, it's just I, I think I just hold Insomniac in such high the regard high, yeah. that and, and it's the other the other thing is it's like I just feel like they've mastered Ratchet in mm-hmm. a way. Mastered, yeah. They they yeah. really have. And, and it, I say that as a compliment. And it's like, well, what, man, where did they go from here? Because yeah. you're right, Brad. You know, they have had weird things. And I, I hated All for One. I thought yeah. the game was full bad. Full Assault, yeah. Yeah, and so it's like, well, is it like a lose-lose position if they do do some crazy idea? Right. You know, is would that stray too far away from what you want? If they'll follow the open world steps, kind of. Yeah. You know, they have like really big areas in this game, so I wonder if they'll just double down on that kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Shout out to two things. One, giving like continuing the the franchise for fans that mm-hmm. have been th- th- around part forever. of it through various like various entries you know yeah. continuing the story but also inviting new players in mm-hmm. like it happens every time with new games nowadays but like so much ratchet and clank hype when this thing immediately came out just mm-hmm. people experiencing this franchise for the first time so i think they did a really good job of of somehow threading the needle for both mm-hmm. where it feels like a continuation of the franchise but also a really good entry point if you've never really played played these games mm-hmm. um and then the other side is just how easy breezy this game is to play yeah. you know you're doing so much it's throwing a lot at you there's all these guns and everything mm-hmm. but it's like never confusing yeah it's yep. never annoying or right. frustrating when but you it's... die you're back in there like yeah it's just so easy breezy comforting but also like not talking down to the audience yeah it's funny that you say that because accessibility in games and, and difficulty is something I think a lot about and, and how hard it can be mm-hmm. um, to balance. Um, and there is a, an absolutely an easy breeziness to rift apart, but I never like there, there are some games I play now where it's like, I think you're taking out player agency too much or you're simplifying it too much or you're not, you're too afraid to challenge them in a way. And I like rift apart it is so easy breezy again, kind of going back to that flow um, and just like opening the map being like, I got to go get that rare yeah. Like mm-hmm. it's just, it's just like an immediately understandable loop, yeah. Yeah. but I don't feel like it is too simple. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I think, you know, going back to praise for insomnia, like they are relentless with ideas. It's like, I go on this rift, where am I going to end up? What challenges are there going to be? What yeah. world am I going to be in? What puzzles am I going to have to solve? What giant boss am I going to fight? And so they're just constantly throwing things to fight, things to collect, things to explore that it's a game I could recommend to everyone. Like whether you are the most hardcore of hardcore gamers or like you're just getting started. Child's first game. Yeah, it totally could be. And I don't mean that as an insult. Yeah, Yeah, it, it, it has like the appeal of a Mario. And I, mm-hmm. I feel like almost mm-hmm. very few things can be so wide reaching so effectively. Totally. Um, mm-hmm. Which is, which is just fantastic. And boy, shout out. Um, I don't think, I think animation is something that we don't criticize enough uh, as, as fans of games, yep. I, because I think we're just used to it. Like, 
we're just used to like lip syncing being kind of off or animations yeah. being stiff. Like you just you don't even like really think about it anymore. But we really should because Ratchet and Clank is the animation is incredible. Yeah, so good. It's oh, like absurd. it's it's insane. The Both, transitions from like cutscene yes, to gameplay is just yes. what are you even doing? Yes, and I think it it again <laughs> it contributes to that uh, game flow that I was talking about earlier. But just like every single action that you're doing and the the emotions that the characters can display and like they even use it for like physical comedy it's just it, it's just like eye candy it's wonderful yep. yeah shout out the biggest shout out to the morts yes the morts are <laughs> like, great favorite yeah. NBCs yes. of 2021 yes gonna be hard to beat <laughs> the morts mort says you have to save more yeah it's so great. good it's <laughs> mm-hmm. loved the morts uh-huh yeah, that game sure is pretty to look at. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and just the refinement of everything feeding in on itself. Obviously, exploration, rare tanium, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And just how distinct each planet was. Yep. I thought yep. the planets this time around were Great. really strong. Really good planets. Uh, I loved all the challenge rifts. Me too. That had like their yes. own little types of platforms. The challenge rifts are great. Yeah. yeah, that stuff is so good. I would love how... like. Like the first challenge rift that you do, you do it, and they're like, "Oh, this is where the balloon, the the parade floats ended up." You know, like yeah. I mean, they even yeah. like contextualized it a yeah. little mm-hmm. bit, which was cool. Um, th- yeah, this game is just so well just thought out. Mm-hmm. Like going back to the raritanium. So for those of you who aren't familiar, raritanium is uh, what you use to upgrade weapons. And I, I sometimes I get frustrated with upgrades in games because now it's in every game, right? Uh, and it, it's just too spaced out. So yeah. it's like I get a little upgrade and then like multiple hours later, I get another little upgrade. And it's just like so incremental mm-hmm. that you're, you're just not that excited about it. Rare teams all over the fucking place. Mm-hmm. Like it, it in a way that is really good. And, and I again, I think they really thought this game out so perfectly because you get so many guns. But to compensate, you get so much rare titanium that you can just kind of dump it into everything. Mm-hmm. And so... You, again, you don't fall into that pigeonhole of like, well, I've upgraded this weapon the most, so I'm just going to rely on it. Mm-hmm. You can really they, – they, they, they design the game in this wonderful way where you can rely on your entire arsenal. Yep, they really encourage that. Yeah. Leveling up the guns to be able to spend the raritanium yeah. and then that unlocking like the gold icons. Yes. Mm-hmm. Do I want to like get this gold thing, even though it's like some upgrades I don't really need, right. but like the gold one is the best, so yep. I want to do that. Yeah. Dead. Just addiction. It's super good. Addiction. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, I talked about the uh, contextualization of the challenge rifts and the parade floats and all that stuff, but also just buying weapons and upgrading weapons. Like, think about how many times you play a game and it, that's just a fucking menu. Yeah. Like, it's just a black box and you're like, okay, mm-hmm. the green arrow's pointing up, I'll get that one. Yeah. There's no personality to it whatsoever. Here, it's it's like, it's a theater, you know? It's... You're dealing with Mr. Khan, and then you get you do the so you do the good. you do the weapon demos, and you get the guy like narrating, narrating the whole thing, so and it's just like every possible thing that they could shove some flavor and personality into, they did, and it really uh-huh. benefits the game. Watch it go, boom! Yeah, I don't remember. Man, it's great. They do a really good job, I think, with humor in these games too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Humor is like yeah. a huge hit or miss for me in video games a lot of times. I'm just like, fuck, that sucked, or I'm really into it. Yeah. And I, I think Ratchet so walks a really good line. Totally. Uh, the last one I played was the 2016 remake, which I actually liked quite a mm-hmm. bit. I know some people don't, but I think 
just straight up the humor is much better in Rift Apart. Oh, Things yeah. are landing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, way more. Than I think back remake. to like Sunset Overdrive, and I think yeah. they go overboard with it in that game. Or sometimes yeah, I'm just like, Ugh. but like yeah. I feel like they got a really sweet spot in this yeah. game. Yeah, it. It's it's weird because like Sunset Overdrive definitely feels like it's it's trying too hard, and mm-hmm. like how apparent its effort is almost makes it not funny. But here, like. It, it just doesn't force it. Like, right. it's not constantly shutting it down your throat. And it's okay with, like, not being hilarious, just kind of being cute and goofy. Yep. Yeah. Um, and I think it really, yep. you know, uh, benefits from that as well. Absolutely. I decided to play more of it. Hell of a um, game. Boy, I've got so many games. Do you guys ever think through. of Titus when you hear Ratchet talk? No. Because no. I do. <laughs> no. Same guy. I'm Same guy. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I think he's Obi-Wan in Clone Wars, too, I think. Cool. So I, I really I think of Tia's when I see Ratchet. I, think Ratchet. I, think Ratchet. <laughs> I, I don't know who the voice actor is, but Obi Wan and Clone Wars is phenomenal. Yeah, it's I great. Mean, like the it's both great. the performance of of him and Anakin, uh, they're they're wonderful in Clone. Watch Clone Wars; it's very good. Clone Wars. Um, speaking of other things that we're playing, uh, Brad, you finished it. Huber, you haven't played it yet. I am uh, on chapter two. I'm hopefully going to finish it tonight. Uh, and that is Final Fantasy VII Remake Intermission. So mm-hmm. the DLC. Starring Yuffie. Yuffie Kusaragi. I, Cody. I know that <laughs> on Cody. some level, my appreciation for it is coming from my undying and burning love of Final Fantasy VII and Yuffie as a character. <laughs> Fair but, enough. But, but I think trying to remove that as much as possible, I think this DLC is just excellent. Yeah, like, it's really I, good. Like, if you played Final Fantasy VII Remake, you... It's essential playing. I yes. know that PS5s are hard to get a hold of. Yep. But like whenever, whenever you, can, you can. This DLC is so goddamn good. It just has the perfect tone. And I, I have a lot of stuff to say. But before I launch into it, Brad, uh, what what have you what did you think of it? Yeah, I thought it was really good. Um, obviously, humongous shoes to fill, especially in a new part that wasn't in the original game, like a whole new kind of story and everything like that. Obviously, yeah. mm-hmm. I have big expectations, and I thought they did a, a damn good job bringing Yuffie into this universe, especially with how well she plays yes. and how different she feels from everyone else. They keep nailing it with character mm-hmm. combat in these yes, games. Yes, they do. And it, 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 it like... Only reinforces my opinion that I think the combat in Final Fantasy VII Remake is like, I want them to pursue this even harder because Mm -hmm. I think this is like a way forward for the genre. It's so good. And Yuffie like epitomizes that where, I feel like you can say this, but every character in Seven Remake where they have unique mechanics, but they're not overly complicated. Mm -hmm. Like there are things that you can practice and you learn just by battling where you're like, oh, I should set this up or I should like return the shuriken on flying enemies mm-hmm. because then I'll automatically tell. like you just kind of you just learn through fighting, which is the best way to learn. Yep. It's not getting in your face. It's not like, you know, yammering on and on and on about how to do every little nuance. You just figure out by playing. But even the most basic action, just holding down square to auto attack. Like the animations are just so good, and like there's just such a flourish to it mm-hmm. that it's just fun, just like flipping around as Yuffie. Uh, it's great. Mm-hmm. It's great. Some really cool references too from the original game in there too. Yeah. The fun. Happy Turtle specifically is a real good Easter egg. I'm trying to think. So the Happy Turtle was a bar in the original one in Yuffie's okay. town. Okay. And there was posters you could find in the in the world in Final Fantasy VII. Mm-hmm. 
can do that here again now. So they just kind of put it in this little DLC, which is a nice mm. little callback. That's if very you cool. Remember from That's the other ones? Cool. I I did not remember that. Cool. From the it's, just, it's a really small thing, but it's just I just yeah. appreciate things like that. I mean, even even on its own here, the Happy Turtle is just great. Like you're the, gonna love this guy. Th- this the guy. <laughs> this, hubri- this guy is a human. Yeah, character. I don't even. <laughs> I'm not gonna say anymore. He's just. Just delightful. He's delightful. And the little quest that you do for mm-hmm. him is delightful. That reminds me, quick aside, back yeah. to Ratchet for one second. Mm-hmm. Did yes. you read the galleries that I told you to read? I read some of them. I haven't been through all of them yet. Okay. I need to go back and There's a cool Easter egg and listen to stuff. There's a cool Easter egg in the Ratchet Rift Apart gallery where the characters are and stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Take a look. Take a look in there. Cool Easter egg. There's lots of cool Easter eggs in that game. <laughs> yeah. Um... <laughs> Uh, humor, as well, we were talking about that in Ratchet and Clank, also applies to uh, Intermission here in mm-hmm. 7 Remake. And I, I actually think the humor was wonderful in the, the main game of 7 Remake. They've gotten a lot better. But, man, they just they just nailed it. Like I, the, So, you know, Yuffie, an optional character in 7, you don't need an interact mm-hmm. with her to, to finish the game. Uh, and, you know, definitely a more lighthearted character. Mm-hmm. And start contrast from cloud and right, stuff. Right, right. Which is start, fun. Yeah. And Hidden leaf. not that yep. all the characters can't be goofy, but she's like, definitely the most. The way that they they tell her story here, like there's jokes about like her being a kid and like mm-hmm. her trying to understand like adult entertainment and just all of this stuff. And it's just so wholesome and cute and the avalanche group that she's interacting with. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're all wonderful characters that really a blast to get to know. And then, like, as you're going along, like, it starts out very lighthearted, but you kind of learn more about Yuffie and Wu-Tai uh, and the partner Wu-tai. that she's with. And it, it gets into more serious stuff. Mm-hmm. But, it like, it never, like, feels like it comes to a screeching halt. It's like, not like Sephiroth levels of uh, right. intensity. No, no, no. And, <laughs> no, and, like, no. There's a boss that you fight and there's this little like dance that Yuffie has, and I just was sitting there watching it, being like, "This is like a dream come true." You know, this is like a I character. Knew, I did. I knew you were gonna love this. I oh, I <laughs> love it so. I I I don't. I can't. I have nothing but good things to say about it. the only mm-hmm. negative that I have is I'm almost done with it, and it's just like, no, like don't take me away. Don't I don't win. know when we're gonna get Seven Remake Part Two, but this is so good, and it's cool because it's Yuffie's story is happening at the same time as the main. Mm-hmm. The story and yep. seven remake and so it's cool to kind of see things from another angle yep. as well and you think about it and like they're just repurposing environments yeah. like and there's there's not that many places that you go to and it's like I've been here before yeah. but it doesn't matter doesn't like matter. it just doesn't fucking matter because like how they they use those areas is just so incredibly well done. And even the way that you interact with the world, right? So Yuffie has this giant shuriken. There are boxes mm-hmm. like kind of hidden throughout the world and they even make like a little game out of it where you can just go and it's like, oh, I see something up there and you throw it. And it's like, you know, it's a tiny, tiny thing, but it's like, I feel like Yuffie. Like they're making this, it doesn't feel like, you know, yep. like a like a DLC where I'm just mm. playing as Cloud Part Two. Yeah, it's it's like it's it's just a very Reskin. unique thing. Yeah. I really appreciated yeah. that sense, even on like the navigating on the levels. Besides the shuriken, just the running on the walls, yes. and just even like the elevators that take you up yep. made going through a lot of the environments just a little more interesting. Yeah, definitely. So I'm expecting stuff like that in Part Two more. Um, 
And you know, we mentioned the uh, the Happy Turtle guy. That there's a song that plays mm-hmm. that's so good and infectious. Hubert, uh, do you know what Fort Condor is? In, in oh this, yeah, in I, this? I'm more excited for Fort Condor than the actual game. I straight up. I I don't know how anyone plays Intermission, mm-hmm. encounters the Fort Condor mini game, and then just doesn't do all yeah. of it. I yeah. like I don't know how you walk away. Like I was addicted. I yeah. was addicted. I I just did it all like immediately. Mm-hmm. Um. So. In in reference to the Fort Condor minigame of Final Fantasy VII, they kind of do their own spin on it, and it's this like in-game video game where it's it's you versus your opponent, and you summon units and you try to take out their base. So it's this little no, RTS minigame, mm-hmm. and kind of like I'm saying with with everything else in Intermission, like it's just complex enough. Yeah. You know, you think about like, oh, what is this RTS minigame? Like, is it going to be too long and drawn out? And it's just like, you immediately get it, but there's a ton of depth there. And you go around, it's exciting. You go to shops because you're like, oh, they might be selling a, a new unit for me. Mm-hmm. And when you win uh, or when you defeat somebody in battle, you get Condor coins. Yeah. You can redeem those for exclusive stuff. And so Dude, it's the, like, the buzz is yeah. so strong, Ben. It's, uh, do you think they could do a Gwent? situation here and just like expand it oh, into its own they game. totally could they totally could do you think they will yes it's square enix like i've I seen don't... nothing but hype on this thing people yeah. are so in love with this game you know it's funny let's talk about gwent for a second because <laughs> they released gwent as its own thing yeah way more complicated than the base game y- yeah more, I, more I, depth. I honestly think the magic was gone in a weird way mm-hmm. i don't even think that it's bad i'm not trying to say that but there's something about a game within being a game. A game within a game and being a character and learning that. about other people's and I don't I don't want to spoil it in intermission, but who you challenge yep, it's and, good. And, and how they do that kind nice. of adds to the charm. Um Yeah, because Gwent that, that really added it. Yeah. Like the it the world building and everything, mm-hmm. like the right. dwarves that wanted like their own Skellige deck to be part of the official rules. Right. Like that stuff sucks you in and makes the game even better. Yeah, yeah and it, I, I think there's something too because if you know if you go and you beat the Grandmaster in Intermission, you get a Materia and you get Gil, and so you get things that you can apply cool. to other aspects of the game. And I think that's part of it too because if you just separate it, it's just like, well, the rewards that I'm getting only apply like I'll just get like more cards or more units or something. And there's something about like getting to the top and then like being stronger mm-hmm. in battle yeah. for committing the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, to to do that mini game, definitely hope they bring it back for part two. Yeah, just I do add too. to it. I do felt too. like a cool little experiment that worked out. Was there out. a mini yeah. game in part one at all? A just mini game? Sadly, like that no, there was I mean, like the right. darts and stuff the, the, like the, that. The, the, the pull ups. The pull ups. Yeah. yeah, the gym, dude. Mm-hmm. Okay. There was the um the yeah. box destroying the boxes. The boxes. Well. The yep. boxes. Yep. Yep. Cool. I loved all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. There's like the arena, I guess, if you want to count that as one, too. Yeah, the arena was great. The arena's yep. cool. So they'll probably do, they'll be back at Gold Saucer since there is an arena there already. Yeah, Gold Saucer will probably have all the I, minigames I, plus more. I am going mm-hmm. to lose my mind. Like, mm-hmm. dude, what, Gold Saucer better be like I know, it better first be person good. roller coaster, dude. dude. VR. Let's <laughs> go. Suck me in. There's enough going on at Gold Saucer <laughs> that it could just be its own chapter of 7 Remake. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It could just be the Gold Saucer chapter. Yeah. But um, special shout out to wait. Uh, hold up. Yeah, go ahead. Do you think they would ever do that? What? What if that was their because the DLC? Because everyone's talking about like yo know, part two so far away. It's so brutal. But like yeah, this integrate not only next gen patch but like this whole Yuffie chapter and all this is such a nice step 
to part two mm-hmm. bridges that gap, you know, because mm-hmm. the, the fear of how long that wait was going to be was was unknown. Mm-hmm. Do you think they could ever do like you're saying in between parts two and three or before part two, like maybe next year? They there do, won't be anything else before part two. You don't think? No, Are they, okay. I'm pretty sure they said no. So I was going to say if they did between a, two like and a, three, if there is part three, which there probably will be like a yes. gold saucer. Chapter. Yeah, yeah. Be I, so hyped, I mean, like, I don't know. I just. Gold I know, will I be know not everybody loves it, but I adore this remake, and I, I think they've just they've they've shattered my expectations. Mm-hmm. And things that I wanted them to, like, I was like, ah, how are they going to do that for the remake? Like Don Corneo mm-hmm. uh, and all that stuff was like some of the best part of of remake. And Yuffie is so much good, but it's almost like reopening a wound in a way, yeah. where like I finished part one of remake, and I was like, good. thank you, yeah. that's great. I will patiently wait. Mm-hmm. But now that I've gotten like this little yeah. like six hour thing, yeah, it's like I'm fiending again. Like I, I need that. I need more. Um well, I, I think they're full speed ahead on this game. Nice. So yeah. part two. I hope so. Yeah. Cool. Um special shout out. Really want to give a, a, a huge shout out. I don't know um the actors that do the, like Yuffie uh, and her partner Sonon, but uh, or the Avalanche members, but like everybody, everybody is on point. Um Whoever is playing Yuffie, like, kills it. Mm-hmm. Like She's great. She's so good. And with a character like that, I, I actually think Yuffie is is harder to do than some of the other characters. And I've seen way too many JRPGs just completely fuck up this type of character. This sort of, like, bratty <laughs> yeah. kid yeah. is, like, usually the worst, most Super annoying, annoying. Yeah. party member. And you just can't wait to get rid of them. Not annoying at all. Nothing yeah, she's that Yuffie good. does is is great. She's, she's real good. Super charming. Uh, since you guys haven't beaten it, I will say this: if you're coming to this game for the first time, make sure you play the original game or the remake, all of it first. Yes, all of it. Yeah. Then come to this. Yeah. Don't play where it starts in the story and hop between them. No, no. Yeah. director's cut. Yeah. Saying make sure to play <laughs> the full game first. Yeah. The <laughs> other thing, it's funny because I was away from Seven Remake for so long when I was jumping into Yuffie that like. At the very beginning, I was like, I don't even remember how to play this mm-hmm. game. Like, I just yeah. don't remember how combat works. So it definitely took me a second to re-familiarize myself with the controls. Yo, can we talk about how sick it is, the synergize stuff? That's like my favorite thing in this. I actually have not messed around with the what? synergize Dude, stuff Dude, synergize yet. is the best. Okay, so... Yeah, I have it. Since you, were, it. you don't know, so the other character who fights with you named Sonon, you do not directly control and like, switch between the characters mm-hmm. like in 7, mm-hmm. or the original 7. You can give him... You can make him do special abilities, but... There's this thing called synergize. You push L2, and Sonon will immediately focus and attack whatever you are together with you. Focus fire. So you'll do like really fast damage. Oh, I thought you were talking about the synergy materia. No, not okay. that. That's what I thought you were saying. No, 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 not the synergy materia. But yeah, so like you'll do crazy attacks together. But yeah. if you both have an ATB gauge, he can do combo attacks with you. So you're like there's like a whirlwind thing you can do by yourself as Yuffie, but if you do it with him, he'll be involved in the move, like a dual tech almost, and you'll do more damage. Very but cool. if Very you're synergized cool. with him, your, his ATB gauge goes a, a lot slower. Got it. So you're really emphas- or encouraged to hop between them a lot. That's really cool. Which adds a sick extra layer of depth. I'm curious they're going to expand upon that in part yeah. two. That sounds fun. Uh, I also really like, there's a weapon that you get for Yuffie, or not a weapon, sorry, uh, uh, it's like an accessory or something and you get like different 
chips that can plug into it, but it only works with that accessory. And it's like, okay, if you use this accessory and you plug it in, your damage will be proportional to the amount of HP that you have. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, oh, okay, I want, I definitely want to keep myself top top because I'll do way more damage. And then there's another chip that's like, okay, it'll do the inverse of whatever your eight, uh, MP is. Mm-hmm. And so it's just like a cool little, like, oh, it's adding a new wrinkle to combat, which is mm-hmm. really fun. Um, but yeah, that synergy stuff with Sonon, I haven't messed around with it. He, do it. His abilities are um, really useful yeah. uh, for filling the stagger gauge and stuff. And his limit break is Yeah, it's, it's really cool. cool. Telling you, mess with it. Yeah, I definitely will. Um, like I said, I got, I got chapter two yep. to go through. I don't, I don't want it to end. Like I wish, like I, I think for what it is, I think there's like the perfect amount of stuff. I think I'll end up spending about six hours on it total, mm-hmm. um, having done everything. Mm-hmm. But... That's so funny, Ben. That's yeah. like uh, Beth and I with TV shows. If we have like the finale, sometimes we'll just, just like save it. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't want to drag our feet. To me, this has been like a bonus. I did not expect yeah. anything like this. It's a free roll. So I was very pleased. I was like, yes, thank you. You can take your time though for part two. It's okay. I'll wait. Hey, just give me Final Fantasy sixteen. How about that? It's coming exactly. Just give me Final Fantasy sixteen. Better be able to name your characters. Yeah, I'm naming my Naruto in sixteen. Yeah. I doubt it. <laughs> I think no, the days no. of that are gone <laughs> for, like, the big, big ones. Did you name your Dragon's Dogma Pond's Naruto characters? He named his Dark Souls 3 character Boruto. I do remember that. I saw yeah. it. Like, last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, all right, so we've been talking about... Uh, I think my pawn was named Hogger, Ben. Nice. Yeah. It's Great a good name. pawn name. <laughs> Great name. Did I tell you they added Hogger to Heroes of the Storm? Yeah. Um, Great addition. Yeah. We've been talking about... This this new old uh, RPG, but Huber, you've been kind of taking a trip to the past uh, with Mass uh, Effect Legendary dude. Edition. Um, and it's funny because we had uh, Brandon on the show, and it's his first time with Mass Effect, so it was interesting mm-hmm. uh, getting his perspective. Mm-hmm. But you're revisiting these games; you've already yeah. played them, and so what has that return journey been like? So magical, <laughs> so effing magical, dude. This is a series. I've always liked. Somehow I've avoided the spoiler of three. Somehow. So you haven't played three? Never finished it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I never played it either. Know. Yeah, I don't know how that didn't even get ruined. Yeah, three, I have somehow played it. the Citadel DLC in three for like capture it game trailers maybe. So I've like- <laughs> But did you play all the Citadel DLC? Most of it. Oh, okay. The Citadel DLC is amazing. I know, but yeah, and I was good. playing it out of context, so I don't remember that, you know, but okay. I remember like capturing it at game trailers. Mm-hmm. So somehow I've dodged the ending of this thing which is so exciting. Never played Andromeda. Hmm. So I'm like all yeah, in on Mass I don't Effect. Know. I don't know about it. Mm. I know, I know. Hey, I heard though, they were patching that thing for an entire year. <sighs> no, no, no. The reason why I say that, the reason why I say it with such conviction yeah. is I was like, you know, Mass Effect Andromeda is the only Mass Effect game I haven't played through. Yeah. I'm going to give it another spin because like, there were, I, I, I was like, I remember liking some things about it. Yeah. And I, 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 this was like a couple of months ago. Oh, like this was shit. this was recent. Oh, this shit. was recent. all patched. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This was this was like on the Xbox all Series X. I was playing this. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I, I, we get comments all the time that people are like, "Oh, Mass Effect Andromeda is better than people say it is." Yeah. You know, and I was like, re- I was like, "This is. I'm gonna love this. I'm gonna have a great time." Yeah. It was terrible. Oh, oh God. I was like, oh, this is like this is like way worse than I remember it oh, being. No. And that almost never happens. Yeah, yeah uh, that's that, rare. That's strong of a feeling. For me, anyway. Totally. And I was like, I I was like, I can't. That's I, like depressing. I can't do this. Straight yeah. depressing. Yeah. 
Well, thankfully, this legendary edition just has yeah. one through three. Yeah, and I don't, you know, <laughs> if you're going, like you said, this journey is magical. Yeah, we'll so... see how I get by then. You know, yeah, yeah, we'll see yeah. how invested I am. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just started two the other night, and to me, two is the high point of the series. Yes. And one, honestly, not hyperbolic. I think it's one of the greatest games ever made. Is Mass Effect Two, yeah. without a doubt. Uh, the I... writing, the atmosphere, the way everything is just tightened up from the first one. Like, exploration in the first one is such a pain in the ass. You don't know where you've been. You don't know what what planets you've landed on or what you've explored. Everything looks the same. Everything is so boring. All the upgrades and economy is just so convoluted and and not fun. The stupid hacking minigame to open up everything. Like, two just has so much more weight to its combat. Two is so freaking good and i was thinking about like compared to like the witcher 3 or something you know just like Mm -hmm. the modern gold standard of like western rpgs or or just like this type of game and there's just so much dialogue in mass effect 2 Mm -hmm. the majority of the game is conversations yeah you know there's a lot of combat you're blasting people Mm -hmm. that's another big improvement from two over one is just the force of combat. Yeah, that's what I was saying with the weight. Yeah, mm-hmm. like combat is okay. Yeah. It's fine, not great, not bad. It's enjoyable. Yeah. But the weight of everything you do just feels so good, like yeah. uh, the heavy pistol. Um, But it just comes down to the writing and how memorable it is and how tight it is to the story. It's so focused. Like the biggest thing I can say about Mass Effect 2 is the focus. Mm-hmm. You're recruiting your team for a mission. That's it. Like, that yeah. is really the main plot point. It doesn't, you know, doesn't cascade into, like, all these double crosses and all like all these million plot lines. It's like, you recruit everyone. Yeah. They, ha- they have their own personal story, their bond, like, loyalty yeah. mission. Then you go on a suicide mission. And, yeah, yeah. And, like, the side quests kind of, like, flesh out some other, like, world building aspects mm-hmm. of it well and those loyalty missions are just so excellent so like good. getting to know your crew yeah. is 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 incredible and you're right about the focus and it makes me first of all i just want to say look whatever your favorite mass effect is i yeah. totally respect that opinion yeah it's, you can but you, it's two well, I was just gonna. <laughs> I was just gonna say. I was just gonna say. Like you can whatever Mass Effect is your favorite. That's totally cool. I just don't personally understand how it isn't. Too. <laughs> yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Like I just you can't yeah. you can't convince me that yeah. it isn't too. Um, Omega is sick. The music, all these things. Like oh, the music's phenomenal. Like this is yeah. such a great. Mm-hmm. Like there is dream- one thing about Mass Effect Two that sucks. Let's hear it. Just definitively bad. Yeah. That final boss is terrible. Okay. I don't remember the final boss. It's been so long. I played it in 2010 or 11, Ben. I don't remember. It's bad. I remember I lost like one person in my suicide mission at the time. Didn't lose anybody. Nice. I lost a lot of people. (laughs) Yeah. That makes Um, sense. No, uh, You're like, I don't want to do this shit. Well, it's because it's like, it only fucking matters at the last mission with your goddamn shit. They tell you. They they tell you. I know, but it's like this whole fucking game about making choices and it's just this one little part of the game. It doesn't matter what I've done with the rest of the fucking game with all these people. It's just this one stupid fucking moment. What moment? The shit. It's yeah, the ship. You have to upgrade your ship throughout the entire game. I'm talking about all the shit I've been through the party members. All yeah. their fucking side stories. None of that like mattered yeah. about them living or dying. It's just this one little thing. And I was expecting well, more from a game that was so no. hyped up about choice. All the ship upgrades matter. And if the, your crew is loyal or not matters for who dies and stuff. There's a lot. The ship is what fucked me. Okay. That's what I'm saying. 
you didn't read because clearly it says, yo, the ship will help your people live or die on mission. I think Brad, that's stupid. That's on you. I know it's on me, and I think it's fucking stupid <laughs> in a game that was hyped about so much player choice and shit when it just came down to the ship. So much player choice in this um, game. Real consequences. The mo Honestly, name a more high-stakes game, dude. I'll wait. Your entire crew in this game can die. I think it's so powerful. You build these bonds throughout this entire game. And the best thing about this legendary edition, we all know that these games like carry over, but having it all in this one package mm -hmm. matters even more. You know, right when I booted up two, it was like, all right, here's all your imports and your choices from one. Mm -hmm. You lost Ashley. She's dead now. Not going to be in the next ones. Same with two, you know, depending on your suicide mission, how that goes, that will then carry into three. So it just, everything is so heightened and the stakes are so high, mm -hmm. but it still manages to get so intimate with all these storylines and all these characters. Like, I can't yeah. praise this game enough and it holds the, up! The, the question that I've been burning to ask you, yeah. uh, thinking about Mass Effect 2, is, is yeah. you use the word focus and I think that's so on point. Um, because I love, love, love and have spent countless hours playing big, sprawling, open-world RPGs. Yeah. You know, you mentioned Witcher. Um, you know, obviously, I think your Bethesda games or something like uh, Outer Worlds is definitely kind of like this. Just yeah. just sort of the, the the more open, sprawling games. But Mass Effect 2 is very, very focused. And it's, it's frustrating because I feel like when you make a triple-A RPG now, it has to be super sprawling. Yeah. You know, it has to be... It has to be Valhalla. Right. And, and I... 300 I, hours. I would love, you know, something like a Mass Effect 2 again, yeah. where it's just, it is, it's just, not that, I'm, of course there's like side stuff that you mm -hmm. can do, but yeah, it's just like, you're getting to know somebody, like it's just, there's, it's it's almost all killer, no filler, you yes. know, and it, it doesn't overstay mm. its One welcome. has a lot of filler, but two yeah. absolutely is all killer. Yeah, and one definitely drags. Yeah. It does do, if, if you dig into it, learning about the world is amazing, Super what cool worlds, stuff, you know, sure. but. Yeah, to to just it's a it's a ride, mm. man. It is such a ride. It's, it's yeah, a ride. I do remember liking two. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I one dude like the jump from two to one. Yeah, I didn't really so like one. Big. I beat one and I thought it was yeah. kind of boring at the time. Yeah, and I remember same. I was like, oh, one was good, and then two just yeah. Yeah, two is a big leap for Very sure. Very curious Thanks. to see what you think about three. Yeah, and and back in the day, I did male shepherd. So this time I'm doing female shepherd. Yeah. Jennifer Hale. Yeah. I mean, who even voices no no disrespect, who voiced the I mean, who voiced Male Shepherd cuz like Jennifer Hale is like one of the best in the biz of all time. Like <laughs> Listen, I know everybody sings the praises of Female Shepherd. Yeah. I think Female Shepherd's awesome. Mm -hmm. I played Male Shepherd yeah, when I, like I went both. to this game. I like them both. Can't I, go wrong. I I also had a great time. Yeah. yeah. But it is yeah. it's cool because this feels like I'm just getting so much nostalgia and comfort. Yeah. But everything feels new again, obviously because of the remaster and the the technical side of it. But then all the DLC that I missed, like yeah. I recruited uh, and Kasumi. has some great DLC. Yeah, yeah. I recruited mm -hmm. the uh, the the implant chip lady. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I I never had her in my in my game back in the day. Yeah. So I did some whole big like Hitman style heist infiltration. Yep. 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 I was like this is sick. Yep. New new Mass Effect two content for me in the year twenty twenty one. Yeah. Thank you. The only thing I didn't <laughs> like about two is there was you weren't you didn't have Rex with you in the party. I was pissed about that. I, know. I was like, you took away my favorite dude, party member. Legendary moment, dude. My friend 
lost Rex Ugh. in Mass Effect 1 or or 2, yeah. whichever one you can lose him in, and like didn't have his save got overrided or something, replayed the entire game to save Rex. <laughs> yeah. Man, I think about Mass Effect, it's kind of interesting. It doesn't seem like there's a lot of big games like that where your choices go into the sequel so hard yeah. anymore. And with this Legendary Edition, dude, it's so freaking cool. It's just like this, it feels like like seasons, dude. Like, all right, we're gonna watch season one of Mass Effect. All right, we're gonna move on to season two. Yeah. It just has this connective tissue that runs through and, it all. And like, I was getting emails on my computer in Mass Effect 2 thanking me for side quests I yeah. did in one, yeah. dude. I yeah. was like, this game right now yeah. has me completely obsessed and absorbed. Also, like, how many video games make you truly emotional? You yeah. Know? Like, there there are moments throughout the Mass Effect story that yeah. are just like a fucking punch in the gut. Gut mm. punch. Yeah. yeah. Dude, I, and I, I know so people in the comments are going to say like, well, you know, there are reasons for why it happened or OEA or whatever. And I, I know there are reasons for it. But like, you think about the trajectory of Mass Effect and it's like amazing. It almost yeah. feels impossible. Like Mass Effect had the world by the balls. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It felt like it, it was just like. On top. It was, yeah. it was like, it was on top of the world. It was like. In in a in a world where we're so dominated by names that that carry so much power, mm -hmm. it broke through all that and like stood among giants. Yeah, and now it's just like, yeah, running on fumes. It's on the back foot. It yeah. needs. Yeah. It needs. Yeah. The the next one needs. I to, mean, yeah. All of Bioware kind of is yeah, all their no, games. No, I know. It yeah. is, but it's it's crazy how that happens. And and yeah. you know we talk about uh, Blizzard, <sighs> the same thing where it's like yeah. what <sighs> from the top yeah. to. The bottom. Who but cares? There is a new Mass Effect coming. <laughs> yeah. Let's hope, hope it's, it's great. good. Yeah. 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 Lastly, that was the big selling point. You kind of, you touched on it a little bit. Um, someone in chat, I forget, but someone was like, because I was like debating whether or not to play them all, you know, it's mm -hmm. such a big undertaking. Someone yeah. in chat was like, I just love that the trilogy, the whole trilogy is as long as like one JRPG. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, hey, wait a minute. And then I was looking it up and, I'm, and yeah, you can get through this entire trilogy in less than 100 hours. Yeah. Three huge, huge RPGs. Man, most JRPGs aren't that long, though. Like 60, 70. No. Three houses <laughs> is what, like 60, right? It Well, yeah. No. Like, I wouldn't say. Persona oh, took me 100. I mean, Persona, I think, is one of the longest Persona in a is, long time. Is, yeah, very long. I play a lot Put a lot of modern JRPGs in there. How long? Not that I would say. I would say. What's the average? Now you get a new JRPG. I'd say you're looking at about forty. Hours. Yeah, forty. Yeah. Okay. It's a you know 40. case by case. It depends yeah. on yeah. 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 Cool. But anyway, okay. um, forty hours. I'm hours. glad you're enjoying. Yeah. It. I'm using that number as a canon. Now, yeah, I'd say like yeah. Average JRPG. Like 40, if somebody asks 30, me, 40, Yeah. Yeah. If someone on the street says, "Hey, you." How long is the average JRPG? I'm going to say it's about 40 hours. I mean, I, I, I think it can fluctuate pretty hard. Of course I would say it can, like, but... I'd say like the average JRPG length is like between 30 and 50 probably. Especially if you're playing newer ones. Yeah, and you know, it depends on the kind of player that you are as well, where it's like, yeah. I'm yeah. going to... Yeah. I'm usually main plus X. Tack on tack on yeah. tack on twenty plus just for side stuff. Yeah. yeah. Obviously there's a ton of long JRPGs out there. Like oh, you're gonna boot up Dragon Quest Seven, like <laughs> you're oh, playing that yeah. game forever. I mean, 12 but was eleven's last yeah, eleven took but, me yeah, hundred uh, or so. Yeah, eleven I think eleven So the last two I've played have been hundred. Yeah. I think eleven <laughs> took me over eighty. Yeah. 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 It <laughs> yeah. Behemoth. But there's, yeah. there's shorter <laughs> every minute. There's shorter ones oh, out yeah. there. Um Hubert, it's so funny because I have a lot of uh, love in my heart for 
Mass Effect, yep. uh, pre-Andromeda. And I can't will myself to play Legendary Edition because, yeah. uh, not because I, I don't think I would enjoy it. And you're right. I make different choices, play as mm-hmm. Female Shepard. There's definitely stuff to do. Yeah. But I was thinking about it, and I, was, it, and I, I say this as a compliment. When the fun of Mass Effect was going on that journey with those characters and seeing their fates unfold. I think I, I just can't do it now that I already know what those mm. fates are. I forget the fates, Ben. Oh, okay. So that's my biggest thing, is I totally forget, because I yeah, didn't finish three. I remember a lot of yeah. it. And, yeah. and not having that definitive ending in three. You saying that you like you yeah. haven't done two DLC or yeah. haven't finished three, that makes more sense to me, mm-hmm. for sure. Isn't the yeah. ending different in three now? They did change it, yeah. Because people long. hated About it. Three yeah. mo- I, lo- I was looking into all the patches and the yeah. DLC uh, in detail. Three mm. months or so after release, they did the extended cut. Great. Uh, yeah, I remember that was a big deal. Yeah. Wow. Which didn't alleviate much, was the word around the campfire. Oh. Made I mean, if I have no idea, but if the ending was bad, I would have been pissed. Yeah. Yeah, it almost seems kind of like a Game of Thrones situation where Mass Effect was on the very top, could do no wrong, 10 yeah. out of 10, legendary, and then... Not forgotten, but shrug. Well, yeah. because of an ending, you know, you gotta stick that uh, landing. I would say more yeah. because of uh, another game that just fucked it up. Well, it, the, just Which? the dramatic. Andromeda. Oh, yeah. Just dramatic yeah. rises and falls are, are so <laughs> interesting. Well, Andromeda got saddled with the Frostbite engine. It was a whole yep. mess. But anyway, yeah. uh, like, like man, even just thinking about the rise and, and current rough situation of CD Projekt Red, mm-hmm. it's crazy. Yep, yep. Uh, yep, Mass yep. Effect. It's yep. there. Whole package. Highly recommend. Great, great remaster. Runs it's, well. Looks well. Looks great. One is yeah. like one straddles the line of remake. Mm. They did so much to that game to yeah. tie it to two and three, like yeah. some of the combat and oh, that's nice character stuff and and visually as well. Man, like, it's hard not to recommend that collection to someone. It is I guess. an incredible, incredible package. Mm-hmm. Highest praise. And I, I just love revisiting games, yeah. especially one that had such a big impact as two. Truly think it's one of the Yeah, I'd like to replay those. Yeah. Um I think that the Mass Effect trilogy, if you've never played it, I think it's a, yeah. I think it is is a true must play. Must play. It is it is a it is a defining yeah. series from the last generation. Mm. Yeah. Especially um, with the new one coming, dude. It's gonna yeah. be all relevant here. What if two generations? Dude, now. what if you yeah. could import your legendary edition saves? Two yeah, you're right. Two four? generations. That'd be wild. Um I would put it right up there with like I like I think everybody should play the original Bioshock as well. Oh, I'm sure. Um, yeah. So, I, like, I, it's it's at that yeah. caliber, for sure. Completely um, agree. Completely. You know, it's it's time where the the show is progressing. So it's time to to get us in the hot seat and have a sizzle a little bit. Oh shit! Ask us a question that'll hopefully get us to debate. Uh, and talk it out. And you know, Huber, this was going to be different, uh, but because we're <laughs> talking about Mass Effect, I'm going to change it a little bit. Nice. Oh. And change the sizzle on the Bro, fly. Bro, do you remember what you said when your ship blew up? No. Were you just pissed? Yeah. I just, I just don't <laughs> think I expected that. You know, I expected them maybe to die in a fight or like, you know, like I picked the wrong dialogue yeah. or something. But like, I just remember like flying in, ship one of them just fucking dying awkwardly <laughs> on the ship floor. I was like, what the fuck? Are you dead? And they're like, oh, we lost him. I was like, what? So good. Which is fun because the stuff like that never really happens to I me know. in games. So it was funny. Yeah. For uh, this sizzle, I need to revisit it and see how I feel about it now. I'm gonna <laughs> ask, who is the and, and I'm not talking minor characters. They have to be somebody that you can have in your party. Who is the worst Mass Effect character? Kaden. Who's Kaden that? Olenko. I don't even remember. 
It is Caden. Yeah, it's Caden. It's Caden. Boring. Everything he boring says, I hate. Filler, Caden. I don't like Ashley's rough too. I think yeah, Ashley they're gets both a, bad. Ashley gets a little bit of redemption in Citadel. She's like more likable there. Damn than it! In She's anything. dead in mine, dude. You save Caden, dude. I didn't know what was gonna happen. I thought because so, wait a minute. No, no. This is this is not a complicated uh, question. Yeah, I, is Caden alive in your Kaden game? Caden right is now? alive. I saved Caden. What are you doing? I, I don't know, dude. <laughs> I don't know how it happened. It was the panic of the moment. Something about a nuke going off. Wait, the guy and the girl. Yeah, the you guys have... alive in your game. Yep. He's, he sucks. But I think the girls suck too, from what I she remember. She does. They're both bad. They're, they're both, both shit. Bad. So they're like, both bad. And yeah. cut content, you were going to be able to save both, but they cut it. So oh. one of them has to go. Spoiler shit. I mean, this game's fucking. They're, they're both bad. Somehow, Caden is even worse. Yeah. Okay, so outside of Caden and Ashley, who do you think is the worst? Dude, they're God. It's definitely not Thane or Garrus or Rex. Hmm. Hmm. Thane is amazing. Thane's so good. Yeah, I love Thane. Which one was Thane? Maybe the like. Green dude? See, this hurts too. Like Zaid or whatever is DLC kind of for two, but he like kind of came oh, packaged in. Yeah. The Merc. Yeah. He's like so tropey. He mm-hmm. legit is just. Sci-fi I, bounty hunter trope? I completely forgot about him. Yeah. <laughs> I like him. I, I like I'm him too. I'm all in on renegade he, bounty hunter, 20-year veteran. He that doesn't lodge himself gun. in the brain the same way the other characters do. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. I think that's a good pick. He feels like he's really not part of the crew, and I guess he is mm, a bounty hunter, yeah. so he's being paid, so he's not. But like, at least with the other DLC characters, you really get a sense that they are yeah. a part of this crew. Well, the side missions are so much more... I don't, yeah, Maybe I don't want to ruin it for you, but yeah. there's there's uh, there's a character in three that okay. yeah <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. So I might say him, and it feels kind of bad because again, I do like bounty hunter tropes, but he's just so freaking Man, tropey. It's... What's a bummer is there are definitely some characters they do not do justice to in three. Mm-hmm. Like Jack is just nothing in three. Like hmm. it, it's that sucks. Like Jackson. she might as well not even be there. Oh my like, god! Like she, it's it's really annoying. Wow. Yeah. What was Seth Green's character? Yeah. Joker. Yeah, Joker. Joker's great. I love Seth Green. Yeah. I'm a big Seth Green fan. So I don't know if I'd go that far, but I do like <laughs> I, I do like, like Joker in, in Mass Effect. Yeah, he's great. Um. <laughs> all right. So that that sizzle happened pretty quickly. So I'm gonna start do my original one. Who do you think the worst Final Fantasy VII character is? Oh, uh, Kate Sith. Yeah, sure. I mean, it's 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 Reeve in like a fucking like on a, a remote control, you know? Yeah, I'm gonna say I agree. I think I think he's my least favorite. I'm gonna well. say it's the anime dude on the motorcycle. No, we have to be no 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 original members. seven. Oh, party we party members. Party members yeah. Sure. Yeah, cats. Yeah, I don't even like. He's all right. Hate, hate. No, like, I don't not hate, like, hate. He's not like a character. He just doesn't here. stand out. Yeah. We did yeah. uh, Tear Maker for Bloodborne bosses today, Ben, yeah. and Brad said even the worst ones on D are better than all other video games. Yeah. So, so it's like yeah. even the bad party members are still so good. There's a decision that Ketchy makes <laughs> I think that there's I a don't cool like. moment, but then it, yeah. I don't, never mind. I don't yeah. want to get into yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, this is not They're the not time to get it. into yeah. uh, Seven lore. Dude. I was like trying to 
rec- as I was playing Intermission, I was trying to like, what the fuck happened in Seven Remake? Like, I sat there, I watched it, <laughs> mm-hmm. I had long conversations about all of it, yep. but it's just like, it's like a, a Gordian knot. All it's right. like Kingdom Hearts. I'll never have it all laid out in my head. The more you I have know, a general outline. The more you play, the less head. you know. Yeah. General outline. Yeah. But yes, it does get more <laughs> complex as you go on. Uh, this sizzle is brought to you by some wonderful shout-out tier patrons. It's $250 tier on our Patreon. We shout you out on all of our podcasts. If you'd like to find out more, go to patreon.com slash easyallies. Um, and once I get done reading these sponsors, gentlemen, I uh, want you to do your best Yuffie, as you say shout-out, okay. the best Yuffie impression. Think you can handle that? Shout-out to L. Thanis, Greg the Dark Knight Kettering, Caleb Togi Crawford, Edgar, so I'm a spider, so what? And finally, Ezdokao. Believe it! Shout out! Yuffie Kusuragi, Materia Hunter Expert for the Wutai government. I just. Wutai Special Forces. Yeah. It's so Naruto to me, dude. It's so Hiddenly Village. Yeah. Like, Onbu Black yeah. Ops. It's Naruto. I mean, just even personality wise. It. it was Naruto before Naruto. Yeah! I think there's comparisons you can draw between. Um, Kishimoto was inspired. Yuffie and Naruto, for it's a sure. Nod. All right, let's keep talking about games. <laughs> that game inspired um, like everybody at the time. <laughs> we're keeping the JRPG train rolling uh, because I'm going to talk about Edge of Eternity. Oh, which Edge is, of Eternity is a really interesting um, Steam JRPG made by a very eternity. small team, uh, definitely on a budget. Yeah, it's 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 fascinating. Um, I just want to say I'm in the very beginning of this game, so these are super early impressions. Uh, so you know, keep that in mind as you're listening to this. Uh, so this was made with Unity, and it's uh, definitely rough, and I'll get into that. But I, I think I always love playing a game where I can feel like the passion and the heart and the ambition is sort of outweighing the mm-hmm. uh, the technical technical and budget. <laughs> yeah, because like. This is definitely a game where it has like so it was it was in early access, um, and I believe it just got out of early access if I'm correct on that. And you could definitely tell. Um, there's so many things like just the animations are bad. Um, there's like a weird lack of sound. Like you get a mount and it's like why isn't my mount making any footstep noises or like you know characters clipping through their clothes. Uh, just just a, a, an assortment of things. Uh, but you can just right when you boot up the game and kind of as you continue playing it, it's like. These are my people. Like, these people, I can tell that, like, if I were to meet these developers, we would talk for six hours about PS1, (laughs) Squaresoft, RPGs. Like, that is what they love. That is what they grew up on. And you can see that influence um, in everything. And, like, rather than, you know, kind of do, like, an RPG maker approach, they're trying to create this huge open game, right? Like... You, you get to your first town and you go out into the field and it's totally wide open and there's things you can gather and there's enemies walking around um, and it, it, there's a ton to explore. And like, again, I think the technical problems of the game kind of hurt the immersion a little bit, but you're like, wow, they really went for it. Like, uh, and even the, the, the voice acting is hit or miss, but it's like all the major scenes are fully voice acted Um and there's so much going on with the combat. And so it's funny because you get into combat and they, they use, they literally call it the ATB cage. Yes. <laughs> uh, like word for word, that's what they call it. Uh, but there's so much going on. It, t- it takes place on a grid. Um, and 
what you can do is like you can position yourself behind somebody and so if you backstab them you'll do extra damage you can craft a trap and put it on the grid so like if a creature moves into the trap they'll get stuck and nice. you can uh set that up there and then there's this whole crazy crystal system where the spells that you can cast come from crystals that you equip on this grid and as you do side quests and that sort of thing you'll get more crystals and you have like a central one and then it's like okay from the central crystal i can go in this direction or this direction or this direction but whichever direction i go i'm locked out of the other ones but you can switch the direction at any time um, so there's a lot to think about there. When you're fighting, you'll have uh, unique challenges where they're like, hey, if you do this, you know, we'll give you this item. Or it's like, don't use the same ability twice. And if you manage to get through the whole fight without using the same ability twice, you know, we'll give you this gem. Hmm. Um, there's uh, a day-night cycle that nice. plays into, uh, like, the monsters that you fight, I believe. Do they and have red eyes at night? Not that I've seen <laughs> Um, but like, I this, like that trope. Good question. This whole system of like time passing plays into what elements are effective or ineffective during combat, which is really interesting. Um, I did this this side quest, and I got this like adorable mount that's like a unique creature to this world. Uh, extremely dramatic opening that really puts a lot of stakes on the table. Sure. Um, I think that's it's funny because you know talking about SquareSoft RPGs, I think that's something that more or less why Final Fantasy is often so captivating is they have really strong openings. Mm -hmm. uh, even super, super old entries like Final Fantasy IV has uh, a really great gripping and emotional opening. And I, I feel like they're trying to um, carry that forward mm -hmm. here. Uh, and I don't, I, you know, I don't want to spoil it for anybody. Xenogears, you when we streamed that. Yeah. The intro. Yeah, the was village. so yeah. intense. Yep, yep, yep. yep. Um but yeah, it's 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 funny because it's like a game that you know, spending a little bit of time with it. I think I spent about an hour and forty minutes just kind of getting into it and learning and 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 doing side quests and and getting a feel for everything. It's something where I I, I got to the end of it and I was like, man, I just want to play this whole thing. <laughs> I don't know that I could like recommend this to somebody, yeah. but if you're a very specific type of person, mm -hmm. where like you are or a JRPG fanatic or you have an interest in the genre, I think this sort of independent take, because I was thinking about it, like you don't get a lot of like, uh, you don't get a ton of indie cinematic JRPGs. Yeah. Um, and it's just like such a cool thing. Cool. I think it's a little overpriced for how rough it is. It's mm -hmm. $30. Okay. I would, I would maybe knock $10 off of that, but it's something I can imagine. Um, going on sale but yeah i was definitely invested uh in the world in the characters uh so just kind of set up the story really quick um there's this this alien force that uh is kind of like at war with humanity um and they're responsible for spreading the sickness known as oh. the corruption and if you get corrupted you will turn against you know your fellow man and um your you're like part of the military or the main guy that you're playing is part of the military and you go home to meet your sister who's like um, this part of this order. She's like a priestess or sorcerer and your mother has corruption. Oh, and no. So your sister's like, come home. I think I have a way to, to stop this. But your mother doesn't want to be cured. She's like, listen, I, I lived a good life. I gave you everything I had. Damn. Like, don't go, don't put yourself in danger for me. But the sister is like, 
no, we're going to go. We're going to do this. Hell yeah. Um, so it's definitely like not the most original story. I'm sure you can think of comparisons for everything that I said. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, it's done It's done well enough that I, I was mm. uh, mildly invested. Cool. So I'd say. But yeah, it's, it's a game with a lot of heart that I think, yeah, I don't know where I, how I would feel 30 hours into it versus, yeah. you know, two. But yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty good. That's cool. Kind of yeah. reminds me of... Uh, cross code in a way ben and mm. what you were saying of like it's, you wouldn't really recommend it but this game is so freaking good yeah it's like an excellent game but it's just not mainstream you know so it's not, not going to catch on the way like a lot of games do but right so it's like hard to kind of recommend but you want to like bring attention to it well it in a way it almost reminds me of like an earlier time in a weird way where like I don't know. There's just like so many weird little mechanics that this game has. And you could just tell that like the people who made this game were probably just like sitting around a table and they were like, what if we did this? And there was no one stopping them from doing that. You know, whether it was a good idea or a bad idea, they just like got excited and put it into the game. Uh, And, you know, now I think things are just like the budgets are so high and the risk is so high Mm -hmm. that it's like, not that people don't take risks or that they can't be ambitious. I think there's a great big example. Like we were, you know, we spent a lot of time talking about Returnal. I think mm-hmm. that's a very brave game in a lot of ways. But um, you know, it, it doesn't happen very often. And so mm-hmm. it's kind of nice just like playing a game full of ideas that's just like figuring it out. Like yeah. these aren't like pro seasoned cool. devs, you know. It's just I don't know, it just like warms your heart. It's like mm-hmm. one of those games. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm sure everybody's got like those little games that Kind of warm, warm their yeah. heart. Children but. of Morta. Yeah. <laughs> um, Brad. Yeah. Keeping the JRPG yeah, train rolling. Keep it going. I'm so jealous because I really, really, really want to play this and I have not. Uh, I don't think it's out yet. Nope. Coming out this week, I think. Uh, Legend of Mana. Mm hmm. Yeah, this is the remaster of the PS1 title that I never played before. So this is my first time. I have played yeah, Mana games played in the either. past, but I never played this one. I think I- I've played. Every mana game. No, that's not true. I've played. There's like DS1, Donna Mana, I think. No, what is Is it Final Fantasy Legend? Oh, or yeah, no, yeah. Is yeah. it Final Fantasy Adventure or Legend? I don't remember. Legend. Anyway, the one that was in the collection, I've played that one all the way through, played Secret of Mana all the way through. We did Trials of Mana yep. all the way through. Yeah, fill me um, in. Where are we on the timeline here? I don't really know the so timeline. So, wait, this is Legend of Mana? Yes, this PS1. And what was the one before this? There's the Super Nintendo one, Secret Trials of Mana. Mana. There's Secret of Mana, Trials, Trials of Mana. Mana. Yeah. And then Legend of Mana. I don't know if there's anything between it. I don't okay. know. But Secret and Trials were first? Or, or yeah. Before? yeah. Yeah, there were Super Nintendo yeah. games. Cool. Cool, Sorry, cool, Brad. Cool. Getting, getting you off track. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so this game kind of took me by surprise how different it is. Mm-hmm. So, like, when I think of, from what I remember of the other two Mana games, super narrative-focused. Well, at least Trials of Mana is much more narrative-focused. Your character is very involved. This one, your character, like, so far the story of my character doesn't fucking matter at all. Mm. Like, I don't even got a story kind of thing. The story is about kind of the world and these characters in it. Yeah. So. That's so interesting because in Trials of Mana, like, yeah, who like, you pick is it, super it, it, important. It shapes the entire thing. Right now, I'm only like two and a half hours in the game so far, so I'm still pretty early. But so far, my story does not matter at all about my character. Mm-hmm. Right off the bat, you have this, it's kind of interesting you pick where you start in the world. So you have a world map and you can pick certain sections you want to start in. I don't know if it really affects things too much or whatnot, but you can't pick where you start in. Then there's no like 
typical world map where you think of, especially like a mana game where mm-hmm. you like, you know, you got that mode seven world map or stuff yeah. like that. It's not like this. So the map works is you start at your house. This is kind of like your hub cozy. thing. How cozy. Pretty cozy, yeah. Chrono Trigger vibes. Yeah, you start your house kind of thing. But you unlock new places to visit throughout the game by getting like items. And you have your world map, your house. Then you're like certain spaces you could put stuff in. Like, oh. I'm going to put this this piece I got here will make a town. And I'm going to put it right Dark here. cloud over mm. here. Yeah. You, so, yeah, you do pick that kind of. Yo. I don't think it matters really at all so far yet, though. But it's like, okay, the first thing is a village. I put it kind of like the square space next to my home. So it's just like right next to me. So you go there. I met this like weird fucking like rabbit guy. And he's like, I don't know what the hell I was supposed to do in this game. Cause it doesn't, you know, you just kind of go out there and he's like, yeah. Hey man, are you, are, do you like traveling? Are you scared to go out and travel? I was like, no, I'm, going, I'm not scared of traveling like a bandit or anything like that. And he's like, Oh cool. Let's go out in the world together and mm-hmm. beat up some bandits. So he joined my party and uh, he like gave me a new area to visit, so I placed it on the map and it opened up a new region. And you just kind of go through, and the combat's very man. It, it's very mana. The combat, you know, mm-hmm. the meter charging up. Well, I guess it doesn't really matter as much as this Turn one. But based? no, it's not. It's action. Oh, okay. But it's more like a beat 'em up perspective, I would say. Like the plane of how you move up and down is like a beat 'em up. Okay. But you know your attack, so you can do a special attack on Leash. So like Dragon's Crown, or like, kind of, or like Tales kind of, of it, like that's how it looks. It doesn't God. play exactly like that, but cool. that's how it looks when you're playing. Cool. So beat these bands. This rabbit's like, thanks, man, and he just left. And it's like <laughs> his story ended. I was like, oh, what the hell? so it's very much like you do little sections of stories that are relating to characters so far, and it just kind of ends like their part. I don't hmm. know. That's so weird. How deep it gets. <laughs> yeah, it's very weird. It's, I did not expect this from this game. I thought you yeah. know, it was going to be like Trials of Mana or Secret of Mana kind of thing like that. But he left. And I was like, oh, okay, like whatever. But so the whole game so far has been about like you go to here. There's this small individual story. You'll do yeah. their little arc. Then it'll end. Then you go to the next kind of thing. But one thing that's kind of interesting about this game is it is co-op like a lot of the other mana games, which is nice. Mm-hmm. You could recruit. I got these two like mages that joined my party. A lot of stuff, the story stuff has felt pretty fast. Some of it, mm. where I was just like, "Oh, it's over." Yeah. Like there's these two uh, like wizards you get early on. These two like kids, and I just went to a town and they Bangers attacked and me essentially. And I was like, "Oh, let's fight!" And that was it. Now they're my friends, mm. so they want to party up with me whenever I want them. You choose who you want to come out with you. But there's also like a monster thing where you you collect monsters. No. And you can raise them, and they can come out in the battle with you. So I have, you know, like that rabbit-looking enemy mm-hmm. that's in all the mana games. Yeah. I forgot what they're called, but I have that guy with me. And you can put him in your thing and raise him and give him some food. So I don't know how many more monsters there are. I only have one so far, but that's kind of interesting. I hope some of the monsters get really complex or mm-hmm. just really cool Hack monsters Zilla. later on. Yeah. <laughs> some of the stories have been okay. They're, they're getting better as I'm going along. Mm. The beginning of this game was real rough for me. I was like, man, I'm not feeling any of this. Nah. It's like not grabbing me, not invested in anything, but it's it's starting to pick up steam as I'm going along. Um, yeah, thing like Trials of Mana was definitely narratively way more involved yes. than Secret of Mana. But even then, it's funny because I, I don't think I necessarily play the Mana games for the story. Right. Like really thinking about Secret of Mana, like it's so right. bare bones. Uh, but what I think back of very fondly in Secret of Mana is just, it's gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Like just going through those environments. Yeah. And the music is wonderful. Yep. 
Um, this game looks great okay. and sounds great. Okay, great. I, yeah, d- I looked at some of, of the uh, the comparisons. I originally thought this was a DS game. Mm. I was thinking in the back of my mind, I was like, because the structure of, you know, you do a little mission, it kind of ends, or sure. someone's story. I was like, oh, that seems like something that would work for a handheld or yeah. something, I guess. Nope, PS1 game. Gotcha. There is a mana game on DS, Children yes. of Mana. But, yeah. Um, but the game looks great. The backgrounds look a lot like the backgrounds from the original one's kind of like hand-drawn. Mm-hmm. So like your character is like a sprite, but the backgrounds are hand-drawn. So the backgrounds cool. look really crisp and clean. Your character looks dramatically different than the backgrounds, or it like okay. definitely stands out, but they still look pretty sharp. Look pretty good, so. Nice. Very faithful to the original game, I guess, if you're excited for that. The other thing that I think of when I think of mana that I love is just some of the absolute best big boss sprites. How are the so bosses cool. looking? The bosses I fought have been pretty small fry so far. Oh, okay, okay. And the game so far has been... <laughs> I've quickly learned that I can stun lock like every enemy to death. Yeah. I just like... There's a rhythm to combat. And if you do like... Let's say you'd push circle three times. He'll do like a quick combo. Yeah. And there are different moves and there's a little break in between it. But I re- quickly realized if you just push circle on like a very deliberate pattern, just like one, two three he'll just do this the first ha- attack of every combo but it's so fast you can keep every enemy stunned in the loop that's so funny it feels like such a, a quintessential mana thing because yeah. uh in secret of mana i would kill so many bosses just by stun locking them with magic yeah it was great um i haven't got any magic yet there really? is magic but okay. i haven't gotten any of it yet slow burn What's yeah the, this one's legend of mana yeah legend mm-hmm. of mana it feels the, like the this is gonna be a legendary. pretty long game. yeah um, big deal when you get it. That's maybe, yeah. Do you think I would like this game, Brad? Probably. Yeah. Okay. I think if you like mana games, you'll like this game. It, it's hard because there are. The, 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 I feel like there have been a couple of uh, Square re-releases that I've never played before that I'm really interested in, and mm-hmm. I just haven't found the time for. This is definitely one of them. I I um, like Secret of Mana more, and I like Trials of Mana more so far. Yeah. But I'm still pretty early, so I will see. I think what's intriguing me is just how different and weird. Yeah, it it's is. weird. Um, yeah. So speaking of different and weird, the other one that I really want to play is uh, Saga Frontier. As mm-hmm. well. That just did they re-release slash remake? Secret and Trials? they they did like a a remake of Secret of Mana. Don't play which the Secret I wasn't. Of Mana remake. <laughs> I reviewed it. and I wasn't a huge fan of it. Got it. Got it. I would recommend the. I would recommend original. the original. I have problems with the original as it is, sure. but yeah, did the remake didn't address a lot of things that I have problems. They did remake Trials, which uh, are, the, is like way more dramatic of a remake. Yeah, it seems it, like I, the the Trials remake is actually really cool. Yeah, I want to cool. go back. Yeah, I Blood. Go back and, I think Blood really liked it. Remake. He reviewed yeah. it. It is. It's cool. cool. It's definitely like I catch a remake on a budget, but they with what they had, I think they did a really cool job. Yeah. It's. I've been really appreciating that Square is like you know kind of getting back into the mana series yes. here. It seems like they're really yes. putting in an effort. I. They're not like the most ambitious things by any means, but they are appreciated and good. Yeah, it, mana is just so. Like you can compare it to so many things, but nothing also quite feels like mana. And you mm-hmm. talked about like maybe not being the most ambitious. Like I think like Trials of Mana with what it does, because the way Trials works is you pick a party of three at the beginning of Trials of Mana, and then like. Depending on who you pick, you get like an entirely different story. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah. And so Well, I meant in their like re yeah. in the re-releases. Yeah, 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 that's a fair point. But what I, I really hope, Brad, because I'm right there with you, I think I think games are better off with mana in them. And mm-hmm. I, I hope they could make a, like a brand yeah. new one. Hell yeah. But yeah, uh, I mean if you like it, it seems like if you like JRPGs in the mana series, I think yeah. like You'll probably enjoy this game. I do Sweet. think the beginning's kind of slow, but once you probably get over that, it'll get sure. a lot better. Sure, sure, and if you got a friend, it's co-op. 
So it's always nice to buddy up. Huber. Oh, wait. One thing I need to bring up about this game. Yes. So I've done a few, like, quote-unquote dungeons in this game. A lot of the environments are super beautiful and really cool to go through, but <laughs> I definitely ran into an area where I was like, everything looks the same, oh. and I'm lost cave? right now. I'm like, I don't know. Cave? No, it was like a weird field kind of thing. I just didn't know where the fuck I was going. Everything looked Boy, the same. Funny. I definitely remember <sighs> moments in both Secret and Trials yeah. where I was like, I, there's I'm some like, of that. So if you get, okay. you get stuck, you know, look at a guy yeah, or something. Yeah. yeah. That's my, my general rule of thumb when it comes. Well, actually, we have a little email about it. I'll get into it later. But it is a PS1 game, so I guess, you know, yeah. essentially. Yeah. It's just a better version of the PS1 game or a more modern version. Uh, Huber, when I asked you uh, what did you want to bring to frame chat, one name that I was not expecting was uh, Shadow Warrior 2. Shadow Warrior 2 has been on my back burner for a very, very long time. Yeah, I dug into um, Shadow Warrior, the not the original Shadow the Warrior, reboot? but the new Shadow Warrior 1 I really like last one. year. Yeah, I, like that I, one more. I really liked it. I loved mm. one. Loved okay, you one. like it more than two. Much more. Okay, really? Two is dramatically I really like, different. I really like one. Two Ben gets bogged down trying to do too much. I enjoyed my time. It doesn't wear out its welcome. It's less than 10 hours. That's so funny because that's that's exactly what I would say about Shadow Warrior 1 is there's this beautiful simplicity to it. Yep. Yeah. And that's what it looks like they're doing with 3 again. Mm. They're back to the basics, focused. 2 is just trying to do too much. So Shadow Warrior, the original, one of my childhood games, you know, going into E3, I was like thinking about it because because three was gonna be shown, and it was like it's one of the earliest video games I ever played. It's right there with Doom and Wolfenstein and Duke Nukem, like mm. some of the I earliest think, video I games ever wasn't played. The, the original wasn't the original. box yeah. art kind of similar to like Doom and yep. Duke Nukem Him standing on something, standing on it. He's yeah. got the head yeah. and the sword. Yeah, okay. like yeah I'm pretty sure box. it's a, a build engine game, the Duke Nukem 3D engine. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So because I love Duke Nukem, and I got yeah. into Shadow Warrior as a kid. So I really liked the reboot, and then two though number so Shadow Warrior two. The reason it took me so long to get to is because it's four player co op. So I never wanted to just dive into my own. I was I was like holding out hope that I would play through this co op with someone. And now that three is getting so close, mm-hmm. and it's pushing I, him the edge. When is three yeah. coming out? Uh, either this year or next. It's sh- okay. It's, I, I should try if... to get caught up before three comes out. Yeah. Yeah. So, but two four player co op loot. Skills, mm. abilities, leveling up, like your cards. I mean, one has abilities as well, but like it wasn't too crazy. Yeah. You saying like loot though, There's I'm like, uh so dude, and the loot when you open a loot box, dude? When you open a loot box, like the tiniest loot ever <laughs> pops out. It's so small. And you have to like manually pick it up. So like all this tiny little shit pops out. And you're just like, oh my god, just pick it up. Like, super annoying because every, like, everything is there for you to use. Like, this game, I found like 30 different go- weapons. Mm-hmm. Samurai sword only for me. <laughs> it's all I wanted to use, and it's all I did use. Mm-hmm. And the minute I stopped caring about, like, all this other bullshit, and I was like, yo, I'm just going to go through with my sword, have a good time. I started having a really good time. Okay. Uh, you Because, like, movement is really cool. You can do a dash. Now, with three coming out, they said they've added a grappling hook yep. and a that's, double jump. That's the big thing. Isn't so, it? Yeah. all this mobility. Uh, But, yeah, too, it just... 
was really bogged down. It tried to do all this loot and experience and all this and co-op and like gems, combining gems. Gems, it's just, like, whoa. So convoluted and so unnecessary. I just wanted to chop people in half. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. You know, and the world building wasn't great. It's like demons and humans and some tie-ins to the original, but the story never really grabbed me. Said it a hundred times, it just gets bogged down in the mm. details. So really excited about three though. Something I really liked about Shadow Warrior One is I really loved the difficulty. Yeah. Where it it was definitely like not as like easy as I think a lot of modern shooter campaigns are, but it wasn't quite like kick you in the balls like yeah. classic uh computer shooters could be. Yeah. It it, it really felt like a nice balance. Yeah. It felt like a it was it was walking the line between those two extremes. Totally. How did two treat you in that sense? Two there was only like one or two times when I did a bounty that I was like, this is way too hard, so I'm just mm. gonna like bounce out. Bounty, it was, huh? Yeah, it was pretty chill difficulty. Like you always had to focus. The game had its moments. Like how was the, the- the dash is so fun in this game and just having your sword and like, if it's like, yo, go to that place and kill someone, just like jump in and dash in and dash in and jump in and fall in. Like you can like hold circle to like land and do a roll. So you're just like mm. zipping through these levels. And then obviously you have your sword so you can like cut people in half, you know, they'll scream and just be like, ah! <laughs> um, that's important. So, yeah, that's so cool, important. Cool enemies, uh, and, and just cool mobility. And the sword was really cool. Um, the humor—that's what I was gonna ask. Yeah. Did not land for me. Ooh, yeah, super childish, you know. A- yeah. And I think, sure, you wanted to honor like the era, you know, low Wang. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Low Wang, a lot yeah. of dick jokes, a lot mm-hmm. of jokes. Like they, I, tried... I love how you said it. Like, like we didn't get it. Yeah, like, low Wang, <laughs> yeah. like. Cause I did. I always forget. Uh, and then I'm, I'm always like, "Oh, lowing." I get it. Uh, <laughs> they tried. I feel like three really is in a position now to mature this franchise. Yeah, honestly, well, it's, it's because weird. I don't want Because like, I don't know if I really want it to be mature. Not mature, but I want it to be actually funny. Yeah, because <laughs> like. <laughs> That's fair. Because uh, just like the first one, you know, you have a demon person, like, mm. you know, spirit inside of you. And she calls you out on your bullshit. She's mm. like, dude, if you ever say one more dick joke again, like, I'm done. Like, shut up. Mm-hmm. So that was yeah, nice and yeah, refreshing. Cause sure. like, Yeah. So, yeah, I don't want it to be all serious, but just modernize the humor, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So. I think that's fair. Yeah. I think, I think he grew by the end of that game, which was unexpected. So I'm hoping in the next one, like we see a new side of of Lo Wang, and um, I'm just really excited from what from what I've seen. The the focus, you know, yeah. looking at Doom 2016, looking at Doom Eternal. As someone who hasn't played these games, it looked like Doom kind of. This this one they were is, going for a Doom vibe with the combat. It seemed sh- like yes, dude. Shadow Warrior Three 100 is going on mm. on the Doom formula. It's so funny that you uh, talk about the dash and you're praising the dash because yeah, the dash is like quintessential in Doom Eternal, and I just want other shooters to just copy and paste that yeah. dash. Mm-hmm. It's so yeah. good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. I, I, you know, talked about Shadow Warrior 3's on the horizon. Yeah. Cool franchise. Um, it's, it's really awesome that, because, you know, for the longest time you would always hear like, oh, single player shooters are dead. Mm-hmm. You know, they all have to follow the same formula. They it's have to come fun. from the Modern Warfare template. And, I, you know, I, I think there's definitely space for that. I enjoy those games too. But, like, 
Doom Eternal and hopefully Shadow Warrior Three. Yeah. They're like and and Wolfenstein. You're getting these independent. <laughs> um, classic style shooters as well yep. and it's like it's really coming back with a vengeance yeah and people are eating them up and yeah. it's like yes like you stupid suits like there yes. was always a place for this yeah um, two felt like a victim of suits and mm. i went back and i looked critically it was well received and i'm fair fair you know to be fair i only played single player i didn't get yeah. four other people in there just going crazy yeah. which i bet is pretty nuts because there's a lot mm. of builds you can do which i appreciate you can really dig into it that just wasn't for me I wanted to just use the sword. So every other part of this game mm. felt unnecessary to me. But at the same time, I can acknowledge that some people want to dig in yeah. and, and perfect their builds and use different guns mm. and other like melee weapons. Um, but that just, I, I didn't get right. that stuff. So. Uh, you know, I was talking about the sort of the throwback shooter renaissance. Yeah. And uh, one that happened recently that, Really disappointed me. Sam, serious Sam Four, oh, not dude, great. That came and went. Yeah, yeah well, you guys it, love it came, those games. It came and went for a reason. Yeah, oh, yeah. Bummer. I mean, it's, it was like fine, but yeah. it was really just. I always remember the the trailers didn't show the level of enemies that was synonymous yeah. with that it, series. Right. You know, the volume. Yeah, of was enemies. it the appeal mostly? Yeah. Honestly, it almost felt like serious Sam, like three point five. Like it, hmm. it just was really nothing that was. I don't know. It didn't feel special anymore. God, I saw they're bringing Painkiller back, so hopefully yeah. that, uh, hopefully that, that, that was out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. And they announced it in such a weird way. They're like, <laughs> yeah. "Yeah, we're making a new Painkiller." It's yeah. like, oh, okay, okay. cool. Yeah, yeah. I kind of um, like that nonchalant, or yeah. very casual announcement. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if they'll do. I wonder if like Machine Games will continue on with Wolfenstein if they'll do. Hmm. I wonder if they'll. There's got to be like... a finale, dude. There's got to be like. Three. I wonder if they'll take a break and do something in between, mm. though. Yeah, because they've been yeah. doing a lot of. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. It, I really liked uh, only one team quite a bit, New Colossus. Good question. Yeah, I wonder if they're just one team. Yeah. I feel like a break would be nice. Yeah. Because I've been doing Wolfside for a while. Yeah. yeah. I was fortunate enough back. to play Youngblood with uh, one of my best friends yeah. who mm. just makes everything a 10. Sure. You play, this, you play games with him, dude. You you get him on board for a co-op game, you're going to have a good time. Mm -hmm. So we played through that one together and it was, it was good. Has there ever been a co-op game where you, like, the power of friendship was not ever able to overcome the badness? Yes. Kane and Lynch. There's been several I've played with him. Yeah, Kane and Lynch. Really? You guys yeah. have a good time with I feel like- No! We make fun of it, at least. Like, no. we can look yeah. back on it as a joke. Yeah. It's but, funny man, I, it was bad. I played through Kane and Lynch, too. Yeah. Uh, on my two, own. On my own. On my own. <laughs> yeah. And I don't think it's a good game, no. but it was so short that, like, I don't- yeah. I'm not, like- mad at it yeah. i feel like it was it like, felt what, like a waste hours? of time to me when sure. i played it yeah. and it i played that's accurate several yeah. army of two games with huber uh, where i'm just like ah you know co-op game that the power of friendship could not overcome all for one all for one we yeah. did beat that and comrades our comrades cannot save comrades it is so funny because you were Dude. so hyped on comrades i was like there's no way he's not gonna like it like you were just yeah. so energized by yeah. it and you're like never two hours it was impossible to group up it was hard it's an online game it where it's impossible to like really play together it was like it was we cumbersome had to, we had to join we did like time our joins for the mission so weird uh we got one more game to talk about it's, it's another one for me and this is the kind of game that just feels good to bring to Frame Trap. Ooh. Uh, and that is Alex Kidd and oh, the Miracle so World curious about this. DX. Um, so I am. This. 
I am like not really familiar with Alex Kidd at all. I think I played dude the, the Master System version on like a collection or something dude. for like a little bit. Was there a Genesis the, ver- game too? Bang, yes, dude. there was a Genesis game. The Wikipedia entry is intense for that game. Alex Kidd yeah. lore. Yeah, because it's like the popularity skyrocketed in the 80s or whatever, late 80s. Like this was an icon and then it's like Sonic the Hedgehog came out. And Alex faded into away. obscurity. Yeah. So, like, yeah. But but it's, uh, <laughs> this game, there's no better word to describe it other than delightful. It feels cool. like, a, it feels like a, a little gem that just got That's forgotten about. Dude, what a day and age and we live in. if you have, my, my words will not be able to do it justice, but if you have not seen what they've done with the visuals for this game, Glorious. it is incredible. And mm. not only is it incredible, they do one of my favorite things when they do remakes like this. You hit the right trigger, you go back and forth instantaneously, like pretty so much, pretty much instantaneously. Love that. Um, and it is, it is like this beautiful, like hand drawn, like just big, expressive, cartoony characters. There's just so much love and passion here. Um, but other than that, like you know, it is, it is the original game, and it's such an interesting kind of 2D platformer where obviously you can make comparisons to your Marios and your Sonics and other you know tent poles of the era but it feels different than that so you get touched nice kid you take you take any hit from anything you're dead that's Don't it touch me one touch death Jeez. you get three lives you run out of lives you're doing that stage again damn um and what you yeah the mechanics of it like it's a very simple game but the mechanics of it are really interesting because you can't jump on enemies to hurt them you have this little punch um but it has a short range and your jump is a little bit awkward and so a lot of the situations that they put you in you have to like time it right so it's like oh it's coming i want to get up and hit him and so uh there's a lot like every enemy just because like the threat of death is always there. Every jump and every enemy like has a little bit of uh, terror to it. And it also comes from a time where I think developers were like more willing to deliberately troll players. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, if you hit a box, uh, that there's a ch- there's some boxes where if you hit them. These little oh unkillable ghosts will come out, and they'll just chase you around. <laughs> and obviously, of course, if they touch you, you die. So you have to like just get off screen and try to get yep. away from them. Because the way that this game works, and this also sort of plays into the gameplay, like let's say you're going down. Once you like drop, you can't go back up. Got it. And so if there's items or things you want, you kind of need to think about that, where it's like, oh, I can't like jump over here and then get the item on the left. Uh, I have to I have to think I have to commit a bit. You have cool. to sort of like chart your way forward. Um but it's great. And the I really levels, like that, Ben. Yeah. The levels are really short. Uh I mean it depends on how many times you die, but they're just like really bite-sized and they're they're changing all the time. So you'll do like one level that's like in a volcanic region and then you'll be swimming. Um, and as you're going through, one of the, the biggest things that you collect is money. And uh, Excellent. In some, <laughs> Tell me more. In some levels, the level will open and you can go into a shop. Oh. Um, and it's funny because they'll, they'll, ha- they'll always have three items that you can buy. But you like you don't know. If you're brand new to the game, you don't know what they are. And so I was just like, <sighs> this is a little motorcycle. Like, what? Mm-hmm. And I bought it. And then I was just like, he immediately gets on it and you just like zip through the level. (laughs) But it only lasts a limited amount of time. And sometimes it can really be beneficial. Like you can buy this little um, helicopter and it's like, oh, like they made it so 
if I got the helicopter, it'd be way easier. They designed this level in such a way it would be way easier for me to get this like money that's up top and all that stuff. Um, but then there, because so I mentioned that you have this kind of punch, and it's not that useful. You can get this ring where you pick up the ring, and then if you hit a button, you activate it. Um, and it'll give you like a little fireball that comes out when you punch. Nice. So you give yourself more range. Obviously very useful. Very. And you're destroying blocks all the time, and so it will destroy like a whole row of blocks. The tricky thing is, you die, that ring is gone. Ooh. However, Ooh. if you don't use the ring and you die, you can then use it later. Okay. And so you kind of have to strategize, like, when do I want to pop this thing? Do I want to nice. save it for a boss fight? Yada, 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 yada. Nice. Um, and the other thing that's great about the money, I think, as somebody who appreciates economy, you would, uh, <laughs> you would love this. So if you lose all your lives, your money's gone. All of it. All of it. You start. You go back down to zero. Very nice. So I, that's a fair penalty. You you might um, very fair. You know, get to the end of stage, get your game over, start the next level, and you have nothing. High that stakes. You can, that you can buy. I love that high stakes. Yeah. This game feels like super high stakes, but also like chill. There because is, you said the levels are bite sized. If you right. die, you can just redo, start over the level. Yeah, and um, I was on the. I I got to the ninth level. Um, and it was definitely like really ramping Ninth up level of hell. and I was dying quite a bit and it was like, Hey, if you want, like in the options, you can turn on infinite lives if you want. And oh. So if you reach that point, you can do that. I'm not going to do that, but it's oh. nice that the option is there. Absolutely. Um, and it's, it's definitely hard. Make no mistake. It's hard, but it's not like, Oh, it's I could like never blood beat this. stained. No. Curse of the moon. Was this the second one? Curse of the moon two. It's not like curse of the moon two style. No, it's 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 definitely me. doable. There cool. is one thing that I do think is just straight up bad that I don't like and I don't understand why they did it. So when you switch back to the old graphics, like everything is kind of the same in the sense that like, oh, if a block is placed here in the remake, it's placed here in the original version. They've they've changed the jump. Hmm. So the jump feels oh. different even if you use retro graphics. No. No, so this no. is this is the point that I want to get okay. to. So the jump <laughs> in the remake, it feels like it's easier to go horizontal, but as a consequence, it's like a little bit slippier. Okay. And so there are so many times where it's like, ah, he went farther than I intended to, and he's just like, he's just a little slippy. And so when you get to like level nine again, it's this jungle level, and you have to make like really tight jumps. But you go back to the original version, and he doesn't have that like horizontal slippiness anymore. It's very yeah. rigid. It's more. It's way more vertical than it is horizontal. Mm. And so it's for me, it was a lot easier to Funny. just do this to do this mm. stage. It was like Bro. twice as easy doing <laughs> it in the old style than it was in the new style. And there are other things that I think the remake either sometimes it helps because going back to that jungle level, there's in the original version. There's like really pixelated 8-bit grass and there's scorpions walking through the grass and it's like, oh, they're kind of hard to see. You switch to the remake and it's like they're clear as day. But then the opposite can happen. Like you're in this cave level and there are these dark like kind of rock formations where it's like, oh, like I'm not supposed to touch that. Like if I hit that, I'll hit my head. Yeah. But they kind of blend into everything else. Mm. But you switch back to the original version and it's just like, oh, it's way clearer. God. And so... While I do think the art is gorgeous, uh, I wish the jump was felt a little more like the original jump. Um, I watched somebody correct me, and they're like, no, it's one-to-one, -one, but it definitely feels different yeah. to me. Um, and I do think, you know, again, like background stuff and visibility can change between the two. But, you know, it's not that big of a deal because, like, I did the whole level mm -hmm. – um, 
in the 8-bit style, and then I got to the boss, and I switched it back to the remake, it was fine. So, awesome. uh, you know, not not punishing you for switching back and forth. But I, I love that that's there, just being yeah. able to see history. Yeah, I think you know? it's it's been um, a really busy June, um, and I think this game is going to be immediately forgotten, but I hope it doesn't, and I hope talking yeah. about it on this podcast uh, shines some light, because it is just... Super jolly. Like, yeah. if you have any love in your heart for 2D platformers, yeah. I really encourage you to check um, this out. Yeah. Dotemu is publishing? Publishing? No, I thought Dotemu was Developed? involved, but they're not. No. no. Mm. no. Okay. Uh, no, I looked it up and I did not it's see Dotemu. Wonder Boy? Yes, they did Wonder Boy. Wonder yeah. Boy. Um, and this is like affiliated with Wonder Boy at all? Or no, 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 no. Nope. 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 Separate. No. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But, Interesting. Yeah, Alex Kidd in the Miracle World. Check it it's out. It's just wild, Ben, that you and I grew up with Sega Genesis and like well, n- no familiarity. Alex Kidd was definitely more of a master system. Master system thing, yeah. I did not have. Yeah. Yeah, like you said, when Sonic came out, right, yep, that was it. No one cared. Yep. Faded into obscurity. I was definitely a Sonic kid. A son- I was obsessed. Everyone with no who had Sega was a Sonic doubt. kid. Yeah. I'm still. Hell, a Sonic even kid. I was. Spin Dash, baby. <laughs> We're gonna spin that right into this otake. Oh shit! It's good doing it in the studio again. Do you remember when Sonic Unleashed was at E3 2021? No, no, no. Do you remember when the Sonic Unleashed Orchestra was playing? Yeah, that was <laughs> wild. Randomly, that was wild. Q's, he's like, "Yeah, we're gonna go play some Sonic Unleashed it music." Was so bizarre. Out of yeah. all the Sonic it games, was so bizarre. <laughs> um. You know, we were talking about Alex Kidd and, and things being forgotten, uh, and that's gonna we're gonna kind of expand that to the Hotake today. Um, so, uh, we mentioned it during E3. It was kind of the E3 of indies. There were so many great indies that Mm -hmm. were there. Um, but I mentioned this on the podcast and I kind of wanted to extend to the panel. It, it is hard. There were so many indies that were shown that it was hard remembering all of them. And it just felt like between all of the indies that were kind of, it felt like they were kind of suffocating each other. And then, you know, you have your big games as well that felt like they were kind of eating their lunch, as is always the case in mm-hmm. terms of attention. You know, people are always going to get more excited about a sequel or whatever, generally. Mm-hmm. And so I was wondering about it, and I was like, how do, we, how do we fix this? Like, how do we give these games that deserve recognition, more recognition, more room to breathe, more of a chance to really blow up and become the next sensation, like a Hollow Knight or like mm-hmm. a Stardew Valley, you know? And d- do we need to change how we're presenting them at these shows? Like, what's what, so, what ideas do you have? I would say maybe a lot of reason why a lot of games are get overlooked, especially E3, because there are so many games, so yeah. many. and it's hard to keep track of how many there were. Like, you could have saw, seen a game and thought it was really cool, yeah, but then you just got washed yeah. over by 40 more games. You're yep. like, oh my God. Yes. But in terms of games like... Getting big like Hollow Knight, I think a lot of it has to do with player um, reception yeah. and word of mouth. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like I heard about like Hollow Knight looked cool to me, but once you told me it was like really good, I was yeah. like, oh shit. Mm-hmm. And I think once people started playing, it started to spread. So with indie games, I think it definitely is a time and a place and just word of mouth. It's funny because uh, what initially piqued my interest in Hollow Knight is it's like, oh, it's this you know fusion of... Souls mm-hmm. in Castlevania, and so it was building on something that I already love. Right. And something that I think is so great about indie games is sometimes it's like, I've never seen anything like this. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it can, I think it'd be a little harder to create space for those things. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, like Nintendo, for instance, um, and other companies do this as well. You have ID at Xbox, you've got uh, Sony during State of Play, mm-hmm. sometimes prominently featuring indies as well. Uh, do you think that is a good call to when, when, when Nintendo, for instance, is like, hey, we're going to have a direct, but it's just going to be indies? Uh, do you think it's good to separate them, 
Or does that run into the problem of people being like, oh, it's just an indie show. I can ignore it. I think it's the problem of both. So yeah, I think it can get overshadowed. Yeah. So people, you know, you do a Nintendo indies thing. And people are like, whatever, it's indies. I don't care. Yeah. But if you put some maybe some indies in with bigger games, then people will forget all about the smaller games and just focus mm. on the big games. Mm. Yeah, it's tough. And it depends how many are shown yeah. for people to remember. Um, I don't know if this is true or not. This is just speaking for me, but I feel like you gotta shadow drop your indie game, dude. Mm. Shadow drop. Like E3, the hunger. Yeah. The absolute hunger from everyone to just play something new play new games i want to play something like give me a game to play it's e3 onslaught of games some of those indie games really could have used a shadow drop like available right now so many games that were shown i would have been like dude i'll, I'll play this right now mm. you release this right now i'm gonna play this thing immediately and it'll be like 2022 it's like dude why are you showing your indie game right now it's come 2022 yeah. like and it's just yeah i don't know yeah, I think there's something there. I think a, a, a that's a, a serious weapon. I feel like for an indie game that is not used. I like enough. that phrase. I I don't think you're wrong, and I think there is something to what you're saying because, unlike you know the the budgets and the, the sheer marketing force of mm-hmm. of your biggest AAA games, yep. like those those juggernauts, they they can afford to constantly remind you yeah. that they're on the way. The constant reminders. Yeah, and it's like. Okay, we're gonna do you know a stream every stream month. interviews. Yeah, yep. all this. We got an exclusive on Game Informer. Mm-hmm. We got the cover next month. Yeah, yeah. It's like, you know, they they have the power to keep force themselves into your brain. And indies sometimes it feels like, all right, we One spent all of our shot. budget like getting into this show. I hope people wishlist us on Steam. Yeah. Mm-hmm. and I totally sympathize with that. It's not their fault, of course. I think mm-hmm. uh, part of the reason they are so appealing is because they're smaller. And I do think you're right that if you have that shot the impact of hey we're out right now right now is really cool come play at the same time kind of going against that i think you know development is always way harder than anybody expects mm-hmm. you know course. and it's like things take twists and turns and i think sometimes for smaller projects especially like we saw projects where it's like we're on kickstarter now and it's True. like they need to get before players. they can get it in their hands they need Exposure. the interest they need that Absolutely. boost of exposure yeah, yeah and it's like, like rogue legacy 2 right now is early access yeah and that has grown and and mm-hmm. adapted because of player feedback you know? yeah so like well rogue legacy 2 people know what rogue legacy course, is so they have fans Weird example, bigger game but. but it's like you know if you're an indie dev you you want to do a shadow drop maybe at a big event but you necessarily like let's say your game's done you necessarily can't hold on hold off on the game for like four months yeah and just not release it sometimes you just got to get it out there you gotta mm-hmm. make some money Kind of to your point, Huber, about shadow dropping, uh, I feel like early access can be such a powerful tool. Yep. And two examples that I want to use there, uh, which, again, there are things that make these unique as well, so it's not a totally mm. fair comparison, uh, but Hades and Darkest Dungeon. Mm-hmm. Um, so Hades, obviously, coming from a beloved studio, right, so people know what Bastion is, so I think there's already inherent interest there. Mm-hmm. But the way that they handled the early access was great because I think when they were in early access, people could immediately see, like, oh, like, th- there's something here, right? Yeah. Like... This is going to be dope. And then seeing it evolve, yeah. it kind of like built a community. So by the time that thing came out, you already had people Excited. out there that could totally. really speak super intelligently about the game. Where they're like, mm-hmm. oh, I've already done all these runs and here's what's going on. And so I think that can really boost you. And the totally. same thing with Darkest Dungeon, right? Um, 
Now, again, I think with Darkest Dungeon, like the art was just so good, yeah. and the presentation oh, yeah. was so good that that's that's yeah. another thing I was going to bring up is art. Mm-hmm. Just that's all you can do as a new IP is yeah. like looks matter. Looks can kill, you know. Yeah. It, it, that that's all we can go off. We don't know what your game is. We have yeah. no attachment. We have no knowledge. We're seeing it. Does it look cool? Yes or no? So I think that's why replaced mm-hmm. was one name that keeps getting brought up. Everyone remembers that one. That was such a big one that like stood out because yeah. I think the visuals just got everyone. I don't disagree with you. Um, and you know, aesthetics matter mm-hmm. uh, in so many ways. But kind of the takeaway that I had from E3 is we saw countless indie games, and I was like, "These are all gorgeous. Yeah, like these they are all, all like, look good. Honestly. Yeah, yeah." And so like that was that yeah. was kind of the problem is I was seeing indie game after indie game, where I'm like, "This looks phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Like this is this is rivaling anything else out there." And mm-hmm. so it's like it almost became a detriment because I'm like, "Okay, which gorgeous indie game am I thinking about now?" Yeah. Um, and so that that can put it. Uh, in a tough position. I think even it's more difficult now than even it was <laughs> at the time Darkest Dungeon was in early eyes. Mm-hmm. Right? The, 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 yeah. the, the field is even more competitive uh, than mm-hmm. it used to be. Damned if you do, damned if you don't. I mean, yeah. I just, part of me wants them to maybe let these these uh, announcements breathe during an E3 showcase. Maybe yeah. have the, the developers speak about it at the same time, yeah. rattling off five or six indie games in a row, just... For a press conference is yeah. a nice pace. It's fun to watch. Yeah. But uh, it definitely kind of muddles. They all muddle together. They definitely did do that during E3 where they would have creators talk about their game. And mm-hmm. I, I think yeah. that was really cool. Like, God, there's the chat, like, it's so bored, you know? Well, chat is a bunch of monsters. It's like, uh, move on to the next game. Yeah, not our chat, general. but like... yeah. Xbox's. You know, I'm not I'm not making fun yeah. of DZ Alice chat. I'm saying yeah. Twitch chat in general. Yes. You know, not the, not the best place. Yeah. Not the best place in the world. Um, uh, but like uh, I, the first thing I think of is that that grandmother walking game, and I think it had an even bigger impact because you saw the creator with his grandmother. You know, really mm-hmm. just made oh yeah, it even I remember more that. Touching. Yeah. Um, talking about presentation though, uh, you know, because Sony skipped the C three, mm-hmm. and they've clearly got stuff in the wings. You know, we've got Horizon to look forward to. We've got God of War to look forward to. Ghostwire Tokyo, yes. which you've been talking about. So, like, there's clearly big games that will draw a lot of attention. Um, I wonder if the answer is to throw in a brand new crazy indie game that you have a lot of faith in as Sony, like, right before right after the God of War Ragnarok trailer. Yeah. Where it's like, we know we're going to get people in because we have this massive IP, so we're going to throw people th- things in because we're going to have more eyeballs than ever. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we'll get that conversation going where it's like, yeah, God of War looks great, but did you see Flim Flam Floozle from yeah. made by this one guy? Flim Flam Floozle, yeah. dude. Right. The sequel to Flim Flam Floozle Zero. Yeah. It, it It's also hard because indies are sort of developing kind of the same problem that already exists in the AAA space where, like, some of them have kind of already proven themselves and so they have team recognition where it's like, okay, if Jonathan Blow does something, that's going to get way more attention yep. than your average indie game. You know, mm-hmm. Team Mika does something. Yeah, exactly. So that is hard too, and I feel really bad yeah. um, that that very talented people that just haven't had a chance to establish their reputation. The only thing you got you can say is, I guess, or look forward to is some of those smaller games will become big beloved mm-hmm. things. Yeah, like Hollow Knight. Yeah. Everyone is like, where is Silk Song? Like is freaking Silk out Song? about it. Where is Silk Song? And it's Where just is like, it? there's 
you know, new studios will become that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And, it, you know, I didn't expect to bring this Hotake here and, and have us solve it, but... Yeah, it seems unsolvable, it, yeah. true, yeah. because there's just so many. I mean, you know... Yeah. It just seems it seems truly unsolvable because it's like, yo, not all indie games are created equal, you know. Hollow oh, yeah. Knight and I mean, Hades are are such ten out of tens, and there's a lot of bad indie games. There's a lot yeah. of good indie games, but like, there's only so much space in some of these press conferences, you know. Uh, yeah. Maybe so. Maybe we need to have a champion like uh, you know, like Day of the Devs was so well received. It was so awesome. What if we yeah. had a monthly Day of the Devs that just like highlighted indie games? That'd yeah. be something like an actual space consistently. Where it's not just at E3, we cram them all into one, you know? Yeah. It's like having every couple months or every month or so, we check in on the indie scene. I'm, I'm so with you. And on like one hand, I'm like, yes, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. I would be super excited about that. But on the other, I think part of the problem is that we're just shown too much. Yeah, that's too but, much. But we're shown too much because there's so much we're showing off. Yeah. You know, it's not, I don't say that like, oh, like you don't deserve to yeah. be here. I think, I think so many of the indie games that we saw... You know, we're we're at an like, equal place of impressiveness, but I I do think like spacing them out when you do show maybe show a smaller handful, it'll just help audience retention. Mm-hmm. Like uh, all those hitchhiking games looked sick. Yes, they looked so cool. Yes, they did. But they're you, all blending in my brain. Yes, I don't remember exactly, the names exactly. Like you get these creators that yeah. like mm-hmm. have a twist on a similar idea, and you yeah. start to get confused about it. I Man, mean, even a recent one from a pretty big studio, dude, Clay or Clay, however you say it. Yeah. Grifflands. Right. This game came out a few weeks ago. It was on my radar since they showed uh, it. I've been getting some glowing reviews. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. It has been on my radar forever. Came out of nowhere. It's like, oh, that's out? It's yeah. like, oh, shit, I got to make time for that. Like, yeah. here is an indie game that I know the studio. The buzz is good. It's just I like, got to find time to play it. Totally. It's like, so many. It, it does make me so happy, though, that, like, some of these games can bubble up in the surface and not just be... You know, great for an indie game. It's just no. like, like I think Hollow Knight is just straight up one of the best games the last ever made. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Easily. Like it's, easily, it's phenomenal. Should but, be talked about with Souls. Yeah, hands down. Yeah, as influential, I feel like as good. I think uh, an important thing to remember, and I'm guilty of it too, right? Because you know there are so many games and so many series and things that I'm attached to that I I, I give so much attention to. It's like. Always keep an open mind. You never know when yep. you're going to find something. And mm-hmm. I, I think that applies to the audience as well. Because, like, you know, I was talking about Edge of Eternity mm-hmm. earlier. And it's like, you know, if I did a review for this game, like, it just wouldn't do very well. Like, yeah. I, I, you know, I, mm-hmm. I, I know I, I've done this long enough that I know when we do game? certain games, yeah. they, they, you know, they won't yeah. view very well. And that's no one's fault, right? Like, smaller games are going to get less attention. That's not me blaming the audience. Mm-hmm. But I just think for all of us, it's... Good once in a while to like yeah. have that mental check of like keep an open mind or try something new. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's always always good. Yeah, I think it's <laughs> indie games and casual gamers, like hmm. the gamers that don't follow news outlets. Yeah, they play their couple games a year. You know, yeah, like the normal casual gamers. Yeah. The normies. The, do they play indie games? You know, I feel like there's only a handful of games 
that broke through that barrier. Yeah, it does happen, but yeah. it is extremely mm-hmm. rare. Yeah. 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 So it's like somehow marketing to them, you know? Because like we it's hard because will I... follow the indie games we want. We yeah. will praise them. We will play them. We will score them well. And that is it. We will move on. But like, how do we let those people know it, it's hard the because indie games are worth their time like Madden and like Call of Duty. Like, yo, you should play this indie but, game. But think about the, the two things that you just mentioned there. Yeah. <laughs> I think the problem is, is that audience is the most susceptible to like visual prowess yeah you know like they when yes. they when they sit down to play a game which they probably don't do very often which of course that's totally fine mm-hmm. but it's like i want to play the biggest yeah best you know like, i want mm, i'm like my see, co-op friend my co-op yeah. friend falls into this category grumbomb yeah. i the last it's funny we m- mentioned clay the last indie game he played was shank one and two mm. that was the last like what 10 years ago yeah yeah so he only plays you know your red deads and your assassin's creeds and your yeah. call of duties it's a you lot know, of people the big marquee franchises there's yeah. no room for those indies so if we can just somehow that i think is the answer well getting through to people who don't follow the industry I, and just don't know about something like hades yeah you know well a i think that's almost <laughs> impossible like they yeah. just don't care yeah, yeah. but that goes back to me saying like you bundle it, you know, mm-hmm. with your big games that you know everybody's going to play. And so like, you like know, Castle Crashers. When you when you inevitably <laughs> announce we you spend Sunday spends time talking about Call of Duty and State of Play, sandwich that between some sweet indie games. I don't yeah. Know. Yeah. Um maybe um promoting them more on like their stores. Like when you yeah, boot up I think your system. Been good at yeah, that. but yeah. I'm just saying like maybe yeah. even more. I don't know. Yeah, definitely. Maybe uh Game Pass Game oh, Pass, shout yeah. out to Game Pass for maybe, yeah. you know, I, I'd i love to see those numbers of players who would never even think about playing a some game. indies or just like diving in. Mm-hmm. You know what would also help? Uh, shout out to Cadence of Hyrule. Fantastic game, mm-hmm. you know, but it, it was a it was a great indie game, Crypto the Necrodancer, mm-hmm. and Nintendo was like, yeah, you can use RIP to make yeah. this thing. I do think that, that there's a lot of power there. Yeah. You oh, know? yeah. Let... let these extremely talented developers that are going to knock it out of the park, let them use your beloved IP that's going to get a lot of attention. Yeah, wasn't like Sonic Mania like that? Uh, sort of. It Sonic Mania was them taking fans that were very dedicated and put a lot of work into the Sonic community and allowing them to make a brand new Sonic game mm. that felt like classic Sonic games. That's great, too. Yeah. You want to do that? I'm totally fine with Hell that. Sonic yeah. Mania is wonderful. Tenet. But uh, with Crypto the Nature Dancer, I mean, like, like, okay, you have this great idea mechanically. Oh. Let, you know, let it get more eyeballs by letting mm-hmm. them use an IP. You know, even so, like, like I think they could totally do that with, like, a Crash Bandicoot, for yeah. instance, or, or a Spyro, or these things that people want that are just otherwise dormant. Like, do you know how many developers are out there that would literally chop, chop off their left arm to work on a Banjo-Kazooie game. Mm-hmm. And you know how much they would crush it? Or Splinter Cell. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, let them do that. They yeah. can do it. Yeah. 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 Well, do you think if we can't get through to the Grumbombs of the world, mm. do you think indie games 
will always be niche or until we can do that they're just always going to be niche and I we mean, have to accept it i think indie games are bigger than ever yeah of course yes I, absolutely to your point yeah it, it's the thing that's nice about it now the lines are blurring is it's it's no longer it's not a monolith and it's less a monolith than it's ever been where you will see you know an indie game come out of nowhere and sell millions of units yeah. and Hades then you will see doty. a dozen indie games that deserve way more attention and get silently forgotten like it's just yeah. You know, it's just, it's all mm -hmm. over the place. It is all over the place. Kind of like YouTube. Kind of like videos, anything, you I know? feel like. Yeah. Why did this video get 20 million views? But this one is like the same thing. It only got like YouTube 1, is 000. mostly trash, though. <laughs> 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 I don't have great things to say about YouTube. Uh, even though I watch it all the time. I watch it every day. I think it's because I watch it all the time that I don't have a ton of faith in it. Um... Okay, uh, we ready for some emails? Hell yeah. Yeah. Dude, Rogue Legacy 2 almost fully did released. You, you, you checked in. Uh, I did one other check okay, in. Okay, I need to check back into it because I really, you know, we had that chat yep. about it. Yeah. A lot bigger now, Ben. Way bigger. A lot more stuff. I All I do is play video games and I feel like I never have time for video games. That's the way it is. Yeah. Now I want to play, because I'm so excited about Stalker 2, I, I want to play Stalker 1. That's going to be an undertaking. Stalker, dude. You know, that's, that's going to take Stalker a Stalker 2 looks so hype. I know. <laughs> Yo, instead though, you know what you should really do? For real? What should I Watch do? Chernobyl on HBO. It is the best way to get in the movie. I, I told you what happened with me in Chernobyl, right? I think you started it and you were like, we're done after the no, first no, no, one? No, 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 no. Like, because everybody was talking about Chernobyl and it's like yeah. amazing. Yeah. And I started it and I was yeah. like, this is amazing. But I just can't handle it right now. No, yeah. it, nothing it's, to do with nothing to do with its quality. No, for not real, it's, it's a, a lot. Like yeah. it is I don't give out warnings often. Yeah. The most I could warn you. At the time the I most was watching you can it, be warned. I just did not have the energy yes. for that level of sadness. Yes. Mm. Yes. Yes. Not not mm. an indictment on its quality. Sadness at all. in the most brutal, bleakest, real yeah. way possible. Yeah. Like yeah. okay. No, I, I I do want to watch it though. Yeah. It's been on my list for I'm a sure very you'll long watch time. Before Stalker comes out. Well, hey, that would be a good yeah. good call. <laughs> yeah, I love that, dude. Just like this is too intense. Yeah, Off. I do that sometimes because like, <laughs> yeah. I watched the first season of Handmaid's Tale. Really, dude, I really liked it. My wife and I. Yeah. See, we got to season two. We yeah. were like, no. Nah. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, we, my no. wife and I have had that conversation. We were like, yeah. wow, it was a great show. Let's not. Let's take a yeah. break. Yeah. <laughs> Same thing, dude. Let's take, let's, totally, let's take a break. Totally. Too much. Um, our first email comes in uh, from Martian. I've been analyzed almost exactly a year ago. I asked you about a post-Anthem battered EA, which cut jobs and was at a low point in public perception, even by their standards. Back then, I noticed EA doing some not-as-gritty moves I would have never expected before, like no microtransactions in squadrons, their games on Steam again, and mod support for Command & Conquer Remastered. This year, besides the FIFA leak, which is probably not their fault, I can't really think of any major bad publicity. It Takes Two is a go-to contender. So much could have gone wrong with Mass Effect Legendary Edition, but didn't. Knockout City surprised all of us, and even customer-friendly, yeah. unprecedented moves by other pub publishers like a next-gen patch for Fallen Order, which lets you go from disc yeah. to the digital version. Yeah. The last one would have been an unthinkable move for EA just a short time ago. Straight up. Uh, with the great momentum of Battlefield 2042 and so many EA games being Game Pass also helps the public perception. So I thought I'd ask again, after one year, how are we feeling about EA today? Is redemption possible? Do we Always. have to rewire our brains and find a new publisher to be angry at all the time? <laughs> Blizzard. 
Screw them. <laughs> EA. Yeah, so, I don't know. Like, EA, I feel like a lot of their shady practices that I'm used to are <laughs> a lot on the FIFA front, and mm. I... I do not pay attention to FIFA at all, mm-hmm. but I just hear about their loot yeah. box bullshit yeah. and all yeah. that stuff. Their cards. Battlefield 2. Yeah. Battlefront Front, 2. Battlefront 2. Yeah. yeah. It's completely transformed. Yep. Yep. Like, so far, they're looking pretty good. Like, they're on the mend. They're on the mend they're for now, mend. but it's they could easily fuck something up. Yes. In a second. Here's how they go from the mend to redemption. Dead Space. That's not what I was going to say. I mean, I would love it, of course. Dead Space. You give the people what they want, what we've been asking for forever. It shows that you're listening. It shows that you are honoring your legacy. Like, it is so time. It is beyond time. Mm -hmm. Dude, uh, I'm with you. Obviously, I don't think that was, or the the patch was mentioned, but uh, Fallen Order, obviously a big part of that Um, as well. Uh, like new dead space would be great and i i love this email because i think it does a really good job of pointing out like you know maybe small and isolation decisions that ea have done but mm-hmm. kind of add up together to be something meaningful um but i think for most people the problem that ea has is not that they aren't doing good things or releasing good games is that there's still a bitterness there for past mistakes definitely so i think there are precisely two games that will really turn the ship around uh, and and let people let go of some of that bitterness because a lot of the bitterness comes from Bioware's direction. Definitely. Yep. Um, Definitely. If the new Dragon Age and the new Mass Effect knock it out of the park yes. and really revive those mm-hmm. series. And Battlefield's got to be great too. Yeah, Battlefield for, definitely, but I, I think even more so than yes, Battlefield, yes. I think the new Mass Effect and the new Dragon Age have a lot left. Yes, they do. Yeah. In terms of they do. public perception. Make or break, honestly, Ben. Yeah. That's such a good point. Yeah. Honestly, make or break. Yeah. Um, but even hearing about Battlefield, like, no. This, this is actually something I want to talk about. This is actually interesting. We've been talking about the price of Battlefield. Mm. No campaign. Yeah. 60 and 70 some places dollars yeah. for this game in in era of free to play and game pass and all these other ways to to get games on the cheap is this a good thing is this a bad thing i mean here ea is in trouble again with pricing you know th- on the flip side there's going to be all the maps are free for players right they don't want to like split their player base um, but here we are again with uh, you know another EA pricing debacle. I'm I'm kind of on both sides of this. To me, I don't really I mean, know where I fall. I feel like EA and Activision, those Call of Duty games will be expensive mm-hmm. no matter what, and they'll always be that way until they get desperate. Yeah. Um, you know, I didn't know where to kind of put this into the show, so I'm really glad that you brought this up yeah. because I was uh, I was complaining about been complaining a lot about the the price of Advance Wars, and I I think yeah. it's too high for a number of reasons. And then somebody was like, well, what do you think about Sony games being $70? And I was like, that is a really interesting question to think about because, like, I'm not into games costing more, you know? Yeah. Like, I don't think anybody in their right mind is right. like, yeah, like, charge me $10 more. Yeah. No one wants that. No. But the thing I will say in Sony's defense, and this, I really don't think this has anything to do uh, with being a fanboy. I, I, I would absolutely feel this way about Microsoft Nintendo is... When I think about a lot of the first-party output so far, what immediately comes to mind is things like the Demon Souls remake, um, Returnal, uh, Ratchet and Clank, 
uh, a lot of these games that I'm playing, I'm like, these are some of the best games that I've played of this new generation mm-hmm. so far. So yeah. the, the quality has been there consistently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Quality and production budget. I mean, yeah. you look yeah. at it, you yeah. know what you're paying for. Yeah. Battlefield I, 2042, you know, they're I, flexing. Mm-hmm. I, I, cannot, <laughs> I cannot speak for everyone, yeah. but the, I'm getting value out of these mm-hmm. games and I'm not regretting yeah. playing them because... Th- I, in a lot of ways, if it's like I feel like these are some of the best games that you could be playing right now, Definitely. and I play a lot of games. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, maybe with Nintendo it's harder because the like visually the Switch, it. you know, the production values like kind of hold it back a little. Maybe totally, totally. Yeah, like, so this looks like an indie game. Yeah. Or something. yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I do think there's an interesting argument there, and I think there are even counterpoints to things yeah. that I said that you could bring up, but. The, the general point that I'm trying to make is it's all about quality. Like, mm-hmm. back in the day, I don't remember how much I paid for Battle- Battlefield 94 2. It was probably $50. Yeah, definitely. I would have paid $100 yeah. for Battlefield 94 played 2. Played it forever. I, I, I <laughs> was so <laughs> totally in love with yeah. Battlefield 1942, yeah. and I played so much of it that I could have spent $100 on that game, and I would have been happy as a clam. Okay, mm-hmm. And I had a lot less purchasing power yeah. back in the days of Battlefield 1942. And I mean that statement completely. Right, it, it felt like a revolution of yeah, multiplayer. It, it really was amazing. Yeah, true, so true. when you ask this question of what do you think about the price, and it's like, well, how good is the game? You know, if it's just another lukewarm kind of whatever battlefield that everybody's over after a month, mm-hmm. yeah, that sucks that they're charging more. Mm-hmm. If you're not getting more value out of it, totally. You charge more, you better step up your you game. Expect more, absolutely. Yeah. That's a great point. Especially if you're taking things out. Yeah, which I think the campaigns are now is bad be... anyway, but yeah. 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 Yeah, I didn't really care about them taking that out. No, yeah. I was like, whatever. Focus. I'll never play it anyways. Yeah. I, it's always hard to say that though, because like I don't care about the Battlefield campaign. I'm sure either. people do, but yeah. we can only speak for our personal yeah, preference. Exactly. I like exactly. bad companies uh, campaign. Yeah, but that was so long ago. <laughs> yeah. And you remember just how fucking fun the bad company was? Yeah. yeah. Like it was just, it was just, it was just, just, uh, just a blast shooting. That, like, just had the best vibe. Holes in walls, man. Yeah. Just shooting holes in walls. <laughs> uh, next email comes in from Alexander Zirnov, who says, "Hello, Ben and panel. I've I've read and watched numerous game reviews over the years. I've noticed that almost every professional reviewer tends to prefer games that have some unique aspects, even if this uniqueness doesn't make the game better. This is completely understandable when playing games is your job. You play a lot of similar games, so every breath of fresh air feels genuinely exciting. But the main purpose of a review is to inform." audiences on which games they should play and many of us only have so much time for gaming when your time allows you to play for example just one rpg it doesn't matter how similar or different it is to the rest of the market you just want it to be good i'm not trying to say that certain way of scoring games is right but the difference of perspectives certainly impacts the usefulness of reviews for consumers and less useful reviews likely get less views so this discrepancy impacts critics as well do you think that something can be done to close the gaps between critics and the audience perhaps on the editorial level no, it's up to the buyer to seek out people they trust. It truly yeah. is. Um, you got to find people you trust. There's 45 million reviews, I'm sure, of. Yeah. Some, let's say Ratchet & Clank, newest game. So many opinions you can find. You can find streamers, reviewers. Um, so I think some of the responsibility definitely is on the consumer. Yeah. Um, it, I, I love talking about this, mm-hmm. but I do take issue. I think this is an oversimplification of the idea. No reviewer is like, oh, I've seen this idea, I'm gonna knock it down. It's, right. it's never yeah. that simple. No, no. But like I Ratchet kind of has like maybe 
I marked it down a little bit because it was so familiar. But you still gave it an 8.5. Yeah, exactly. It's not like you're yeah. like, oh, 4 to 10 yeah. play before. You're not yeah. dismissive in that way. Yeah. And so it's like, I think as long as people can get from your review, like this is an extremely well-executed yeah. game, point is made. But yeah. but what he's saying about uniqueness, that is just human nature. Mm-hmm. And it does not just apply to video games. Yeah. You know, even if you like just flip on the TV and turn it to a random channel and you're just mm-hmm. trying to kill time... You're way more likely to watch something where you're like, whoa, what's going yeah, on? I've never seen this? anything like this before than to just watch like a shitty sitcom that feels like it's stealing every joke. Mm-hmm. Like humans crave new experiences. Mm-hmm. Yeah? That is not a bad thing, but newness can come from refinement as well. Mm-hmm. You can like have an idea and you're like, oh, I've seen it before, but I've never seen it done this way or I've never seen it done this good. Yeah. And so like, I think even the the most casual gamer even the gamer that like has almost no time to play games they want new experiences that yeah. are going to take them to new places absolutely and of course they you know it's not just about that they want it to be executed well but yeah. like i i think that is like a universal human trait totally yeah, yeah. yep yeah yeah I always try to review my games as a buyer's guard that's buyer's guide that's always the yeah, the totally. stance i take yeah is like Here's how it is. I, I feel like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't love the. The idea. I think people oversimplify it when they're like, "Oh, well, you're a reviewer. You know, like I only get to play two games a year, so you're just in such a different situation than mm-hmm. I am." And it's like, yes, that's true. But like, we both love great games, and I bet mm-hmm. you know nine times out of ten, we could come to an understanding of like yeah. what makes a mm-hmm. great game. Totally. Uh, we're. <laughs> We're on your side, or at least yeah. I'm on your side. Yes. Like I want, I, yes. I, I want nothing more than the world to play good games. Hell yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. It's up to you to figure out what you want to spend your money on. Totally. Yeah. There's so many avenues. You can to look find for opinions and all that stuff. Even and, like, yeah. uh, it's up to you. Like what I used to do uh, before I was in the industry was just watch some gameplay. Yeah. Yeah. Or just look at some screenshots, yeah. honestly. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I mean, like... That's how I make up my mind. <laughs> like, oh, this looks cool. Sure, I'll try it. I, I understand why people do it, but a small pet peeve of mine if there is, is somebody's like, I'm deciding between these two games, which one should I play? And it's yeah. like, I understand why you're asking. <laughs> and it's, you know, honestly, it's like a little bit flattering that, you know, you're seeking my advice here. But it's like, I don't know you. I don't know what games you like and mm-hmm. don't like. And it's like, you can go to YouTube, any game you want, the see. entire game is yeah, on there. Yeah, you can find. If you want to see every second of a game, you yeah. can. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, and yeah, you're right. There's so many perspectives. Metacritic is just so easy to even see, like, for right. every game. Right. Every game gut has take. a Wikipedia yeah. entry. You know, it's yeah. like, you know, it's it's, it's all a click away. Um, yeah. The other thing is, it's funny, you mentioned, like, uh, different perspectives. That just happened today because reviews for Dark Alliance came out. Yeah. And uh, IGN gave it a four. Yeah. And then PC Gamer gave it an 82. Yeah. Uh, and so it's just And then like, the Metacritic was like right in the middle at yeah, a 60 right. something. And so, so it's, it's like, yeah. 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 There's, there's definitely different perspectives out there for totally. sure. Totally. Our last email comes in from Matthew. Uh, and he says, Hey, Ben and Panel, I recently started Moonlighter for the first time. Moonlighter. I got about 30 minutes into the game, and I started to understand the loop. And then immediately I thought, certainly someone has min-maxed this game, and there must be charts for prices, 
dungeon strats, etc. online. I had to fight the urge to look anything up and tell myself, just play the game. Just play. Enjoy it. Make mistakes. It's okay. Just play. Have you all felt this way before? How do you deal with it? I feel like I'm in a constant battle between wanting to explore a new game at my own pace and wanting to maximize my gaming time so I can play more games. The only thing I do to maximize gaming time sometimes is, because I usually play... (laughs) Dude, I'm all over the place with difficulty. I usually play games on hard, sometimes normal, but sometimes if I'm really trying to save time, I'll put it on easy. Yeah. That's all I'll do. I won't look up guides or anything, because that's... I respect that, you know? But uh, for me, the guide is a spoiler. Oh, yeah, definitely. I love making mistakes in games. I love missing things. So Here's my take on it. Like, there's no wrong way. There's no wrong way. Mm-hmm. And don't let anyone tell you there's a right way. Yeah. Like, I, play uh, on easy. Play on hard. Play we, with invincibility. Use a game shark. Yeah. Like, just, whatever. Just, just as a culture, we just need to let yes. that go. Like, if somebody comes up comes up to me and they're like, I played this game and really loved it. I looked everything up and I used the cheapest strategy. I'm like, cool, did you have fun? Like, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. How like, insane? You know, it doesn't matter. How insane is the idea that someone could hate you yes because of the way you play a video yes. game or a vi- or you like a video game yes. someone out there hates your guts it's it's different for what? everybody <laughs> you know i i do think kind of tying back on what i, I said earlier know. it's good to challenge yourself it's good to try new things you know if you always experience a video game one way maybe try to experience it a different way yeah. but ultimately at the end of the day it is your entertainment and it's just entertainment mm-hmm. like it's, it doesn't matter it's entertainment like a good the the thing that i do that i really it's been perfect for me is I'll play a game and I like, no, I'm not looking up a guide. And my rule is like, if I get stuck, I'll try stuck. to get out of it. Yeah. If I can't get out of it, I'll look if, I, if I feel like yeah. I've tried everything, yeah. I'm going to look up how to get out of this specific situation. Definitely. Then I'll move on. Definitely. You know, and that's fine. For sure. Yeah. There's, there's no wrong way to do it. If nope. you follow a guide every step of the way, yeah. that's yeah. fine. There's I've nothing done, to be impressed. I've done both. Yeah. If you want to blind look at it, guide all the way, yeah, just yeah, whatever totally. I felt Same like. Same here. There's no, there's no, there's no shame. If you want to look at a confident guide in yeah. persona ahead of time, you want yeah. to maximize those bonds. Feel free. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like, I bumped persona down to easy. And, no and, shame. And the thing is, is like, I really, you know, we all love this. We're, we're all very similar in our gaming tests. I love hard games. Yeah. You know, we, we rant and rave about Souls all the time. Mm-hmm. I love playing, like, hard character action games or hard RPGs or whatever. Like, I love when a game challenges me and I want to overcome that challenge. But just because I love that mm-hmm. doesn't mean you have to love mm-hmm. that. If anybody comes up to me, that like, they, they think it's, like, insulting to me when they're like, sorry, I just don't like, you know, Ninja Gaiden. Or I just don't like souls it's like that's cool like huh? it doesn't bother mm-hmm. me at yeah. all yeah. yeah they don't gotta yeah. appeal to everybody no nope. it's just all about attitude if you come yeah. up to me and you're like dark souls sucks and everybody yeah. plays as an idiot well then you're just an asshole yeah there's yeah. just such a there is more of an ownership with video games where like different than movies you know movies are so passive like you're yeah. watching the movie so just i think in the gaming industry sometimes it can feel so toxic is because you know yeah. everyone wants to have ownership of their experience you know they played yeah. through this game they want to praise it and they want to defend it i i suffer with this too but like i'm just telling everybody out there you like you gotta let go of these mental shackles yes mm-hmm. like because people say all the time it's like oh life's too short i want to get into fighting games but i suck at them and it's like dude so does every like everyone yeah. starts sucking at them yeah. like no one no one picks up a fighting game yeah. and they're like oh, i got it you know yeah. 
it just takes time and practice and effort. I started you know? playing StarCraft like one click at yeah, a time. Totally. Just one I at think, a time. I think people need to enjoy the process of getting better at a game yeah. instead yes. of wanting to be good immediately. You have to be okay with learning yeah. and yes. enjoy things with that. Yes. The reason why I love fighting games is because I suck at them and I get to get better. Even mm -hmm. if it's just a little bit. Like the learning process, I truly think can be the most mm -hmm. magical thing in a game. When you get your ass blown out by something hard and then you finally overcome it and you do something that you didn't think was possible, that's great. We need to destigmatize failure. Yes. Yeah. In -game. Please. You should not be afraid to fail. In do a game. not be afraid. Yes, it's okay. To lose your do team not be in afraid Mass Effect 2. If someone do beat not this be game afraid. easier, like they yeah. got through it easier than you, yeah. do not get upset about that. There's, yeah. Trust me, no matter how good you think you are, Someone's there is somebody better. out there that would demolish. Yep, <laughs> every single game can be beaten with get, without getting hit by someone. Yeah, straight up. Now, don't get me wrong. I think sometimes people confuse this. <laughs> like, I enjoy shit talking with my friends yeah. or like as a bit, but it's not serious. No, you mm -hmm. know, like it. You, if you want to shit talk and like have fun with it, but make sure like everybody is like cool in with on it. it. Yes. Yeah, make sure everybody's in on it. You know, read the room. And not everybody likes doing that. Sometimes yeah. people don't want to shit read the That's room. Fine. Yeah, read the exactly. Read the room. Good stuff. Good episode of Frame Trap. If you want to send an email, uh, the email address is askeasyallies at gmail.com. One more time, that is askeasyallies at gmail.com. Also in the description of wherever you're watching this. Uh, Great to have you both on the first full episode Yay! of the studio. Always so much fun. Thank you, Huber. Thank you, Brad. And thank you so much for watching.